Welcome to episode 203 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Uh, yeah, me and Katie tonight. I look so tired on this video. I don't like it being closer. I can see my face better. I'm not a fan, man. So sorry. Also, I apologize. My voice is like, I'm not coughing anymore. So that's good. That's a plus. You say that, and then you're going to go into a coughing fit. But uh, hopefully, no one. God, I sound awful. Hopefully, no one played the drinking game during oh, Hayden's episode and died. They would have died. Uh. Anyways, so what do we got going on? Let's do sponsors, and then well, yeah, we'll, let's do sponsors. Uh, do some update stuff, and then we we'll get. We to got some update stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're laughing. I'm not laughing. All right, little shop of horrors. Lils. Lils shop of. That's what I said. No, it's not. Is a small feeder and pet supply business based in San Antonio, and they regularly schedule feeder meetups around San Antonio as well as other neighboring towns and cities. They offer shipping on their feeder insects, isopods, and are working on starting shipping on their feeder rodents too. All feeders are raised on a nutritional diet that optimizes the health of the reptiles and amphibians that consume them. Yes, and he is he is working on on shipping frozen. Yeah. I actually talked to him just like I don't know. 20 minutes ago. That's awesome. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he will get some stuff. Uh, he's, he's working on getting the packaging and everything. He's going to. I, I imagine that's, that's tricky. It's, it's very, it's like, it's like when you ship a reptile, it's very tricky to make sure that you cover all your bases, but now you're shipping something frozen. So you have yeah, to make sure it's going to stay frozen. That's the problem. He's got to figure out wherever it's going, how much of everything he needs in a box and all that for two day shipping to save some money instead of overnight shipping. It's, it's a lot. So. There's I'm glad that. I'm not problem solving that. So that should happen soon. Uh, Herbs Reptile Shows. So the next Herbs Reptile Show is coming up. It's this weekend. Oh, that's right. We couldn't go because we got a concert on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Corpus Christi, February 24th, February 25th. That's this weekend. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, March 2nd, March 3rd. Bryan College Station, Texas, March 9th and March 10th. Then our home show, the Rosenberg Show. <laughs> See, you lied. You started coughing. It's just, um, keep going. Uh, Rosenberg, Texas, which is south of Houston, near Sugarland, March 16th, March 17th. Slidell, Louisiana, April 6th, April 7th. There will be Girl Scout cookies in Rosenberg there for will anybody be girl, listening. There will be Girl Scout cookies in Rosenberg if anybody wants to order some Girl Scout cookies. Uh, also, if you want to order some anyways, just shoot us a message and we can shoot you the link and you can order some Girl Scout cookies from our kid. So that she can pay for apparently the 15 trips we're taking over the next three yeah, years. Yeah, she wants to go to Germany and Switzerland in 2027. So girlfriend needs to hustle some cookies. I because... think we're going on a cruise at some point. Oh, yeah. Girl we're Scouts? going on a cruise next year for my 40th. So but it's not for your 40th. It's Girl Scouts. Well, it's a Girl Scout cruise, but it's the week before I turn 40. It just happens to 40. be around your birthday. So you and I are going on a vacation without our kid. It's going to be great. Well, without our kid, but with our kid there. She'll be on the boat, but anyway. she's going to be doing her own thing. So that's Rosenberg. Slidell, Louisiana, April 6th, April 7th. Uh, Austin, Texas, April 20th, April 21st. West Monroe, Louisiana, May 4th and May 5th. And Lake Charles, June 1st, June 2nd. Uh, what? I, I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, I was breathing. If you need LED, UVB light bulbs for your reptiles, you should be using VivTech light bulbs. If you're not, uh, you don't love your reptiles and, and they're going to die. Right? That, that seems... That is not... Don't I'm, do that. That seems like a valid claim. Don't put that shit out there. They're going to die. If you're not using VivTech bulbs... No, James. Your animals not. will die. James. You, can you prove me wrong? Erica, I can't stop him. Anyways, check out VivTech. Use code GUMBO22 to save 15% on the light bulbs, on all their smart devices, on their new... Um, why can I never think of... Halogen bulbs. Check out VivTech products. Code GUMBO22. Save 15%. And we get a kickback, so... 
Yeah, yes. Yeah, it helps pay for this free podcast. Thanks. That is not free for us. Not free. Speaking of that, I never Sorry, said- Sorry, I was just- we do, <laughs> we do have a Patreon. I, I apologize. We're not one of those that has like, hey, if you join our Patreon, you also get this. I just, I don't have the time for that. No, but, I pay $50 a month for StreamYard and I pay $20 a month for Transistor. Ma'am, ma'am, I'm going to turn you down. You're turned down. She's going to bitch in silence over there. Uh, if, you'll, if you want to, you don't have to. But if you would want to join our, our Patreon, feel free to join- do you do like the like five dollars, two dollars a month? That's I don't what care. We need sponsors for. We need sponsors to pay for the podcast. We do need sponsors, but that is true. I'm, I'm not good at asking for money. That is my problem. I have too much other stuff to do. It's 203 episodes, and I'm not still not good at asking for money. Uh, but we do have a Patreon. It is the Reptile Gamble Podcast. Did not enjoy this so much, and if this podcast did not bring you as much joy as it does. I would not be nearly as cool with doing I do it all for sea anal side exotics. Oh my god. <laughs> They're always in the chat. Love sea anal side exotics. No. Darren and his two snakes? Okay, maybe Darren. I do love Darren. <laughs> <laughs> oh, put my phone on silent. Gosh, James. I know. How unprofessional. So unprofessional. But check out our Patreon. Feel free. Uh, we do not have a giveaway this month, but we have a couple what things. What do we do? No, we don't. Because it's You're the it's the 20th. I'm not doing a giveaway now. Kidding. But we do have several things I'm coming up for giveaways. We bought uh, a cool 500-piece puzzle that looked really neat. Sorry to on it. That's going to come up soon. Uh, I've got some Lego behind me that we bought that has a, uh, was it a turtle? Oh, yeah. A little sea turtle. Mm. Joseph, yeah. I've actually bought two of these, one for me and one for yeah. the giveaway. For anybody watching. And Joseph. Uh, we'll probably put this in a giveaway at some point. I mean, it's not. It's a. It's fun. not anything crazy or big or fancy. It's got like, it's what's his name from Finding Nemo? It looks like Squirt. It looks like Squirt from Finding Nemo. Uh, so that also went the there puzzle, at some point. The puzzle was actually kind of, I may actually go back and buy another one for myself. Well, that I, one's going to somebody's house. I enjoy puzzles. So we, we got a couple of giveaways there. Um, who else do I want to shout out? Shout out to uh, Colossal Constrictors because. I, I totally forgot, forgot the name last week. I forgot Randy's name last week, and and, and she commented on it. But I told Randy, look, I can only fit so much. I, I believe you can only fit so much in your brain, and names are the first thing to go. They just. Oh yeah, I can't remember students after a year. They I, after a year, I've got students right now. I can't remember their name. Oh no, I know. I only have forty five kids. You have like I have two hundred or one hundred and thirty. It feels like a trillion. They're they're annoying. God, kids are stupid. You know, you know what I found today outside of our school going into my school? What? The head of a female cardinal. I need to... Like, just the head? There were some feathers. I need to reiterate how much I fucking hate cats. Uh, just throwing that out there. I fucking oh hate God. outside cats. Uh, walking into my school were some feathers and the head of a female cardinal. This is why cats suck. That's horrible. Oh, it was bad. Like, at first I saw the feathers, like, oh, it sucks. Cat got a bird. And then there's just the head sitting there. I told that to the kids. I said, yeah, that happened. And the kid goes, they get hit by a car? Yes, I got hit by a car and the head fell off. What kind of stupid? I mean, I guess. It no, it's not. No, don't make excuses for them. They ask stupid questions. Okay. They're, anyone out there listening right now who says that there's no such thing as a stupid question, you're wrong. You're just wrong. You're not a teacher. You you need a no button, James. I got asked today. Talking I about, have a no button. I bought this weekend for my So we classroom. talked about fossils in Beautiful. class. Listen, we talked about fossils in class a few weeks ago. And I said how dinosaur fossils are technically rock now. All the minerals have been changed and they're in the rock. Okay. So today I showed a picture of populations. It was a population of flowers and there were some rocks. I was like, what's in this? And then someone was like, it's a population of flowers. I said, what else? And someone goes, rocks. That was not the answer I was looking for. It was grass and trees. Rocks are not living. <laughs> and he's like, well, it could have been alive. It could have been a groundhog. <laughs> And I'm like, what you said, oh, you said that they turn it. into rocks. I was like, after millions and millions of years. Well, they don't know how long those rocks have been there. It's not a groundhog. 
I don't know. Anyways, dumb kids. Um, I got a new tank. For oh, my- Jesus Christ. Yeah. So no 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 I wasn't gonna go there yet. Oh no, go ahead. I was gonna talk about my classroom stuff. So my box turtle has been in a very tall tank. Yeah, it's a forty gallon front opening tall forty gallon breeder tank, but it's way overkill for her. So I got a low boy tank that is still front opening. Yeah, forty gallon floor uh, footprint. Correct, but it's only like a foot. Or is it a, is it forty? Or maybe it was a thirty. I mean, it's it's a decent sized footprint. It's perfect for her, it's but it's perfect. shorter and it's shorter. So she got moved over today. And so the tank she was in was deep clean today. I need to get some Aspen from you. No, you need to go, go to the, buy some. Not using my Aspen. Okay, fine. I got special Aspen. I for know. My I like this. Yes, I do too. That's why better. I buy it. I'll buy more from Don Shores. When? The next time we see him. March 16th is the next time we'll see him. Okay. No, I still have animals that need an uh, Aspen. You can okay, go fine. buy the cheap shit from, I say cheap, the I stuff from. I like uh, the big stuff. Yeah, I like well. The skinny stuff. Yeah, well. Anyways, my bearded dragon is finally ready to move into a bigger tank. So he's getting a big upgrade. The kids are pumped. They get to set up his tank. Everybody helped with Alice today. I want to give our other update. So okay. James had no, the no, brilliant no, stop. idea. Stop. You're, I'm no, muting no, no, no. you. You're muted. James Lewis. Uh, so three-ish years ago, Katie, in all of her infinite wisdom, goes, I want to buy some newts. In my defense. I thought they would be better to take care of for me, and I would be better with them than I would be axolotls. But she wasn't. I I've, am. I've fed them for the last three years. Uh, anyways, so hold on. Here, here it goes. So we got these newts. They're uh, Spanish, Spanish, rib newts. Spanish rib newts, or as I refer to them as fat newts, because they look like fat newts. Uh, Their names are Pollo and Gonzo. I had no idea they had names. They have names. You're going to have to change it. Which one? Chicken and duck. <laughs> That's their I name. I guess Pollo is the now female. I guess. Uh, we had them in a small tank. And I'm going to tell you, if you've never had a Spanish rib newt, they're pretty much bulletproof. We've we've ignored them a lot and they've done great. And so we decided, you know what? We're going to buy a nice tank for them. They're growing. They look like little fat manatees. Yeah. When they're bigger, they need like a 10 gallon. But we found a nice three gallon with a filter and everything. And they're, and they're pretty good size in the three gallon. Gorgeous tank. So it's wonderful. Katie comes upstairs the other night, the day after we put them in there, and goes, hey. New tank, water change. One of them, one of them has the other one in a headlock. I was like, okay, whatever. And I go downstairs. In my defense, th- no genitalia was close to each other. They, it literally was just a Anyways, headlock. I'm, they go, I go downstairs later. I'm like, uh, that's not a headlock. They're mating. And if you don't know how these things mate, the male actually gets underneath the female and locks her arms like they're doing MMA. Underneath. And then he splooges on the ground and then slams her vagina on it. It's the weirdest way to breed. I'm not making this shit up. I wish I was. I couldn't make that up. Which is why I didn't know they were breeding because I had no clue that's what it was like. Slams her vagina on on the sperm. And uh, and then two days later, she lays 70 plus eggs. Surprise. We have a breeding pair that we didn't know was a breeding pair. So we now have 70 plus eggs in a container downstairs. Uh, There's a brine shrimp hatchery on its way, way to my house. Uh, and we're going to hatch these things in like 10 days. No, it's it's eight now. That's true. It's like next Wednesday. Because it's 10 days from the days that they're laid. Yeah. Which is next Wednesday. So we're going to have Spanish rib newts. Yeah. So there's that. I don't even like... I can't even wrap my brain around the fact that we have Spanish rib newt eggs downstairs now. Katie's like, we can just get rid of them. But as a Catholic, that seems messed up, Katie. Katie, you know you can't abort stuff. You're a Catholic. I mean, I don't want babies. What? You, you don't have that choice. You don't have that choice. Well, you and Joe want babies. So you and Joe well, are going to hey, have baby newts. Newt, baby newts. Yeah. There ain't no baby humans <laughs> around here anytime soon. No more baby humans in my house. So yeah, that, that's our update. Uh, you can check it out on, on our Facebook group while we posted a picture of the eggs and of the male wrestling with the female. And uh, 
Again, he just slams her vagina down onto the sperm. It's the weirdest way. I don't know how nature chose that to That's be the way. That's why I had no clue they were mating. Like, normally, you, you, you see go, animals, and you're like, oh, yeah, they're mating. No big deal. Now, go look up videos of Spanish no ribbed newts mating. And uh, the one on the bottom is the male. I know it seems so counterintuitive, weird. but it, that's how it is. And uh, they just slam yeah. them down. So, we'll keep all you right. updated. So, so, we're all updated. Let's get to our, our guest. Yeah. Oh, it's been so long. I'm going to mess up the name now. Fadi. I phonetically. <laughs> I didn't want to get it wrong because names are important. He's laughing at me. This it's is not phon- nice. I see it's written on the paper. It's phonetically spelled. That's what I have to do to my students so that I say their name correctly as you, well. D- <laughs> what? Just, your name is important. I, it's it is. I just identity. didn't. I, the first name was the one I was, I'm good at. Oh. I got the last name. The I, last I, name. I know how to say oh, okay. it. I'm good. I, I got the last name, so I'd have to write Our it. guest tonight is Fadi Nade. Nade? Nada. Nade. You said you Nade. had it. Nade. Nade. I did until you until your ridiculous way of spelling his name over it's here. Phonetic. That's what I teach, okay? Uh, uh but of of uh Daffy's Reptiles and Daffy's Roundtable podcast. Uh how's it going? What's up, guys? What's up? Thank you very much for having me. We, <laughs> First of all, let me say your your intro is hilarious, and and I, I need to make my intros longer and this funny because I I just jump into it. But this is I've been laughing back here for for whatever. God, I'm long. still like like I walked in and I was like, oh my god, those eggs are still there. This really happened. Like I thought it was gonna be a dream, and it's just so one more crazy. I just can't get over the M- the MMA method of making her pregnant. Just could you imagine if people just guy no, just, James guy just splooges on the bed and then slams the woman onto the bed and walks away and then she has a baby so so that's actually something we can discuss because i've actually bred spanish rib dudes multiple oh, times sweet. <laughs> and i just dropped a uh video into the chat from it. my that. channel how to breed spanish rib dudes so if you guys want we can get into that heck yeah uh, I, to tell my kid to oh, ch- oh, I know how to breed them now oh, he's been, he has, yeah. james and joe have been like wa- our daughter is almost 13 they've been like watching videos all weekend and doing research all weekend and- awesome I'm I'm ready to raise. I mean, we are a lot of when fun. they They're make their mind up, they go all in. Well, I also I also feel uh, that they're a better option to the axolotl. I'm I'm a huge anti. Okay, sounds bad. I'm a huge anti axolotl person to the general public because I can't imagine how many axolotls have been killed because of Minecraft. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I'll tell you what. On top of that, they are more entertaining to watch. Uh, axolotls, I've kept both, and axolotls are usually just kind of sitting there. Whereas, like Spanish rib newts, they're, they're 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 like like you said, they're wrestling, they're tumbling, they're doing gymnastics, they're all over the place. They're a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, see, we got, I'm we got gonna a- laugh if his video is one that y'all have already watched this weekend. I'm sure there's only there's only a handful. I was, I was looking for it, but I couldn't. It wouldn't let me open it. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it later. later. It, it probably is. <laughs> I've, I've watched. We've watched so many videos this weekend. That's awesome. I, ho- I hope my video was one of the ones you guys watched. <laughs> I was trying to pull it up. Keep talking. I'm keep talking. I'm going to look for it. I'm going to get to work. So tell us about yourself. Tell us what you do because I just kind of jump on like, well, oh, we have a guest on Tuesday. That's really all I know until I get in this room. James is the one that sets it all up. So tell us about like what is Daffy's Reptiles? Awesome. So um, my name is Fadi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I feel like since since you guys are school teachers, I can do it like, you know, stand up and do an icebreaker at school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm a reptile keeper. No, okay. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've been keeping reptiles for around 10 years now. Um, Daffy's Reptiles kind of just started as an Instagram, just posting up pictures of stuff I was keeping. And then it sort of transitioned into a YouTube channel 
and then a podcast. Um, so uh, yeah, I, reptile keeper, um, mini breather. I, I enjoy breathing. Like that's one of my favorite parts of the hobby is breathing. I don't breed too many species, um, but the breathing is what fascinates me the most. I guess you could say. Um, and yeah, it's 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 been a it's been a fun journey in the hobby. I now work for. Um, the reptile expos up here as well so i get involved in all of the community aspects of the hobby and um, it's it's, in simple terms i i I live breathe and eat reptiles so i don't actually eat reptiles just for anyone listening but you know what i mean (laughs) um we lived in louisiana for a while people eat all kinds of crazy stuff (laughs) oh shit i just realized his was his His was the the main one it was the main video i watched voice sounded familiar too yeah, I think we watched your video awesome. at least a dozen times. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. I well, if I you guys never, have any questions, feel free to message me. I never, I never looked at the name on the video. Uh-uh. I just was watching videos. <laughs> yeah. I would well, recognize when he, it when he posted the link and he said he has videos, I'm like, this voice sounds like I, 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 I thought and the same thing. <laughs> There okay. we go. Nice. It is a great video, and it, it was very informative. It is a very good video. It Thank is. you very much. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's because yeah. we looked at so uh, we looked at the private parts of the newts in your video, and then we went and looked in our tank and realized with Fuck. flashlights and everything. We were like, "Oh God, it's real." <laughs> oh it's no, happening. we do have a pair. Yes. <laughs> and then we would like watch other parts of the video, and then we would like run to the tank to see what was going on. <laughs> and oh man. Yeah, that and and you so said crazy. seventy plus eggs. Yeah. That's yeah. probably just the first clutch. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna get worse. Because yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure yours is the video Your that says video once they, they start having stop. babies, they don't stop. They don't stop. I heard that, <laughs> and I and I yelled, "Fuck!" <laughs> That's, that is it's, it's very so true. crazy. Honestly, and you can you can kind of like induce them to to lay eggs by like water changes or feeding heavier or whatever and at first when we were like actively breeding them um i was actually breeding them with uh greg from the canopy exotics as a friend of mine but we were breeding them together when we were first breeding them was actively trying to get them to lay eggs and whatever and then we we kind of just stopped and i haven't done anything you know i I, like i'll still feed them i'll still do water changes every now and then whatever but but they're still laying eggs on like a schedule nonstop uh, without you, even so they just they just do it. They're fixing to get split up. Like we're gonna have to separate them. Oh no, I'm making money off these damn oh. things. <laughs> I, need to buy, I need to buy rodents, so I'm gonna sell newts to so buy rodents. Work. So now you don't live in the states, right? I live in Canada. He's in a Canada. Canadian from yes, Canada. Yes, I am. Yes, I live in in Ottawa, in the capital. Oh, okay. Yes. I have relatives that live in Nova Scotia. Nice. So that's far from me yeah it's <laughs> yeah, pretty far away i was like trying to say how far but i don't actually yeah, know. i have it's an far uncle yeah. i have a canadian uncle who's and, and so retired funny i know you haven't watched enough of this podcast uh i i may make fun of you as a canadian <laughs> but i mean it with all due respect except for some other people in the chat i make fun of them with no respect uh, that is completely okay actually fu- funny enough when i first started listening to reptile podcast this was one of the first podcasts i found oh i'm sorry uh, Bless you. i'm sorry <laughs> so many better options <laughs> no, it blows my it. mind that people listen to us like <laughs> that is oh, you guys like you said about the name be proud of you you said be proud of your name be yes. proud of the, the podcast there you go but it's not my podcast i'm just here because i'm married to this guy <laughs> you, you add stuff i do <laughs> But, uh, People like so, me. <laughs> so the name Daffy's Reptiles, where does that come from? Right. So um, I was born in the Middle East and um, uh, my name is Fadi. And Daffy was sort of just uh, a nickname. So when I used to do stuff, I used to just put cartoons on in the back. Uh, it was just like I, I always loved cartoons. And um, 
Daffy Duck was obviously one of the okay, ones. Okay, that's I what to, I was wondering if there was a connection. There, there, there isn't really, but uh, yeah, my friends just started calling me Daffy, and then I moved to Canada, and I was like, "What's easier, Fadi or Daffy?" And I went with Daffy. Although, like nine years later, I will say I should have just went with my name because now everyone's calling me that anyway, and it, it's it, people get confused of like, who's, "What's that? Or who's Fadi? Who's Daffy?" Kind of thing. But it's funny. Uh, that's kind of where it started. Yeah. Um, when we moved to Texas three years ago, our daughter, who was in fifth grade at the time, she goes by her middle name, which is Josephine. Her okay. first name is Layton. She's named after her grandfather. And she decided she was going to go by Layton when we moved. And so, like, the first two weeks of school, that's what all the kids at school and our teachers called her. But she kept ignoring them because she forgot it was her name. She was so used to it. Because yeah. she was used to hearing Joe. So then she was like, I'm just going to go back to Joe. I'm just going to go back to Joe. Must have been didn't last I'm like, if that's what you that want him to funny. call you, go for it. I don't care. It's your name. It's your life. Like, Absolutely. It lasted like two weeks. <laughs> you didn't give her the be proud of your name sp- spiel you just gave me? Well, I, I call her by both names. And she has a lot of stuff that says both names. I just call yeah. her, hey, you. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever so, she gets hey you. <laughs> so, uh, so what all do you keep? Because um, I know so you have fish. I saw that you'd have fish. I do keep fish. So I actually, I started, um, before I even moved to Canada, I started keeping, I started my hobby journey in keeping fish. And I still do keep them. Um, not as much as I used to, but I still do keep them outside. I really do enjoy killifish. So I, I always keep a pair or two around. Um, I'm actually in the process of like shutting down most of my aquariums now and kind of shifting my focuses uh, around. But I do keep fish. As you said, I keep Spanish rib newts as well. I keep um, uh, red belly, uh, the the red belly fire newts. Oh, those are cool. Those uh, are hard to find now. Almost impossible to find. They shut uh, down we, all importation. This, I, absolutely. When we found we found one breeder in uh, Vancouver, which is all the way across Canada, and we immediately made an order, uh, me and a bunch of friends. And um, yeah, I've had them for like two years now, but they're not growing as fast as I, I'd like to. They're not. I, I Hopefully, soon enough, we can get them into like the breathing age um, and sort of start spreading the the, the newt love around again. But they're still they're still a little bit small. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it on the like fish and amphibian side. And then for reptiles, um, the my main focus recently has been mountain horn dragons and dwarf sand geckos. So I keep four species of mountain horn dragons and two species, three species of dwarf sand geckos, um, and a couple of miscellaneous sites. So I have emerald tree skinks. I have some carpet pythons. Hey, emerald tree skinks have, right behind me. They are awesome. They yeah. are awesome. I, I wish mine were more. My my original pair are wild caught. Um, so they don't love me very much. Oh no, these are captive bred. They hate me. Them. Oh, they hate him. They love oh, the rest they, of us. Interesting. Oh, they just specifically him. Well, just not, him. No, 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 no. So that's fascinating. They, they, they won't come out to you. No, my my friend you that I got you? not on your hand and run oh, around. Not like Brittany. my friend. My friend that I got them from that bred them. She puts her hand in with hers, and they'll come out on her hand. They'll eat off of her hand. They're wonderful. She's like, yeah, they do that. I got these. No, they don't. They just don't. No, that's interesting. So my adult pair, like I said, wild caught, they won't come near me. The female will kind of come towards me, maybe eat off tongs or whatever. But the babies, like right out of the egg on my finger, no problem. Oh, that's and awesome. They're, they're, they're barely moved. So they're, they're a cool species. Um, they're not really what I'm focused on, but I, I have them um, opposite my couch. Uh, so the TV is one way and facing one way and then it's like an L couch and the TV is facing one of the sides and they're facing the other side. And I tell people, honestly, they're just as entertaining to watch as the TV. They're always oh, on yeah. the move. They're always jumping around. Oh yeah. They're fun to watch. They're, I mean, they're, Absolutely. they're like, they're kind of like little monitors almost like little tree monitors. I mean, they, they are very active and they definitely pay attention to what's going on around you. Uh, they're fun to watch. These yeah. mountain lizards look cool. 
Mount Hornet. Yeah, that's neat. I didn't know yeah, yeah. so I, I Google a lot of stuff when I don't know what <laughs> yeah. it is. For sure, yeah, they're awesome. I, so I have four species of them. Um, they they all kind of have different horn structures, different patterns, different face face colors. Um, so they're they're absolutely fascinating. Also, just for the people in the chat, what's up, Jason? And what's up, Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> so what what uh what sand geckos do you keep? Uh, so two species of Stenodactylus, um, Stenodactylus petrii and Stenodactylus stenodactylus. And then uh, Tropicolotes uh, studneri. So those guys are, the common name for them is the dwarf Algerian sand gecko. And they're only about two inches. So like the adults are, are this big. And then the stenos, um, they're what's more popularly known as the dwarf sand gecko. So there's multiple different species, but only like four or five uh, in captivity. And they're a fascinating little gecko. That's adorable. Um, they're, yeah, they're adorable. They do the little tail wags. Um, they're, they're so much fun to watch hunt. And, um, actually if you're, if you're in the room and you like turn off the lights and kind of just sit there for a little bit, you can even hear them chirping and like, oh, kind of like cool. rustling around and yeah, they're, they're awesome species. I, I really, um, they're starting to become more popular. I can like sort of see more people getting into them. Um, so actually just like Chelsea in the chat recently got some stenodactylus. Um, but yeah, um, uh, people, like I, I really do hope that one day they're just as popular as like crested geckos and leopard geckos. So oh, there's a, awesome, there's awesome. a lot of small geckos that are really cool that people don't know. A friend of ours, um, Brittany Reed does some really cool. She does, uh, those Viper geckos. I think the Viper geckos are yeah. so cool. So neat. So cool. She has, uh, she has cave geckos too. You don't really are, see those a whole lot. Yeah, those are bigger, but like yeah. she has those chameleon geckos, which I think are really cool looking. Uh, and then I had a friend before that used to do barking geckos, which are a really cool looking one. Um, but there's tons of little gecko species that no one, everybody pays attention to, to crusties and leopard geckos. But I'm like, there's a lot more out there. I think people just need to see them more. Yeah, absolutely. Give them, give them a try. I think the problem with, with, or the reason everyone gets into those is that th- there is that connotation of like beginner animal, not beginner animals. Yeah. So people are like, oh, that's not a beginner animal. I'm too scared to try it. But if you go to like different regions in the world and ask them so like we uh we had a guest on, on the podcast once and he was like oh i'm just starting out with like beginner uh geckos and he said knobtails i'm like oh that's crazy <laughs> to you guys knobtails are like beginner geckos but in in australia but to us that's that's like an advanced species oh, yeah. so i think the the belief that some species are beginner and some species aren't is what is keeping every the majority of people keeping crested geckos and leopard geckos and etc yeah, it's and the problem is the, the idea of beginner. There's so many issues. I actually I was listening. I was on uh, Instagram and um, why can't I think of their podcast? If I pull it up, it's the two girls. They come into the chat every now and then. Is it the uh, yeah the uh, ne- Neptune the chameleon? And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I have the. I can't remember the name of the podcast the, now either. Uh, the little, I know who you're talking about though. Yeah, yes. a little blurb was talking about beginner reptiles, and I've always had an issue with the word beginner reptiles. There are definitely some reptiles that are easier to take care of than others. But like people always throw my biggest one is bearded dragons. Like people always throw bearded dragons out there as a beginner reptile. I'm like that is not a beginner reptile. The setup alone does not set itself up to be a beginner reptile. That's that's a very large, expensive setup. Uh, it's it's a decent sized animal. I mean, it just seems like if you're gonna go beginner reptile, I definitely would see crested geckos just because of the diet they eat. It's easier to do. It's room temperature. It's kind of like how like so if we go with the newts, right? Axolotls aren't a beginner newt. Are a beginner salamander, right? Well, but I, Spanish rib newts are like bulletproof. I found that these things are, like would be so much easier for someone to do. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that not everyone is a beginner level. And because not everyone is starting at that same level, 
they can't start at the same reptile. So you can't just lump all this into a beginner reptile. Like, for example, like I have a bearded dragon in my classroom and I have a student who this is my second year having him and he's been helping take care of this bearded dragon since then. He is 100% capable of getting a bearded dragon as a beginner pet. But that's different. But right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, it will technically because it's his first reptile. It's his it's his beginner reptile, even though that's not the right term that needs to be used with him getting a reptile like that. Yeah. So I think I think maybe well, the terminology needs to be adjusted. as a hobby. As a hobby, we also kind of pushed the most popular, the most. And I'm super proud certain, to say that he's a, he's going to adopt one. So we push certain things onto people, right? I don't always think ball pythons are the best beginner snake. I think there's other options. I don't think again. I, agree. I don't think. Uh, I think we need to stop selling fucking sulcatas to people because we need to sell Greek tortoises to them first. <laughs> Like, Redfoots or or, or a Redfoot, yeah, absolutely. Or Hermans, those are good too. I think I think what it needs to be is is it needs to be instead of a beginner reptile or an advanced reptile, it needs to be put more into categories. So like insectivores versus uh, omnivores, like right, like you said, it, crested geckos is is a great beginner reptile because it's what their diet is yeah. for people that don't want to deal with insects. That's a good. That's a good. That's why they consider considered beginner reptiles, right? But if you were to sort of categorize Categorize. Categorize. Thank you. Um, like, okay, you have a cold room, you have a warm room. This species would be more of a easier reptile for you to be able to handle in this environment with your um, availabilities around you. It's probably a, a better idea to go with than beginner reptile or advanced reptile and classifying all these species into a class. Well, and we, and we tend to, to lump if it's a, an animal that has produced a lot in the hobby as being a beginner animal. And again, that's not always true. Some things are just produce a lot in the hobby, right? Um, because they're hardy and easy to produce. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I produce sandboas and I think sandboas are a great That's beginner awesome. reptile because of size and ease of care. But then you get to go, well, you don't ever see it. Well, you do if you take it out. Just take it out. Like, it's the reason you own it, but it doesn't ever get too big. If it's in a 10 gallon tank, it'll be fine. Um, but also at the same time, people get, I think, the wrong reptile for them because they're told it's a beginner reptile. Not because it's bad to take care of, but it, they get it, and then they realize they don't really just like that reptile. It, it doesn't do anything for them. It's not interesting enough, and that gives them kind of a bad taste in the hobby. Whereas if they would do more research, they'd find another reptile that may be just as easy to take care of that's way more interesting to them. That suits them better. Yeah. yeah. That's why I prefer colubrids over ball pythons because, like, I have a corn snake in my classroom. She moves all over the place all I the just- time. And that's what I like. That's that's what I enjoy. If I hold something, I don't want it to just sit. I want it to move. And I want to – I enjoy the feel and the movement of a snake when I hold it. Yeah. So. But then to counter that, when you want to sit with an animal and watch TV, do you not want it to kind of just sit there? So we're not I don't really normally that, like, do that, though. No, okay, there we go. So I think See, it kind of depends on your habits and the, and the personality of the person as well, yeah. right? Because if I'm going to sit and watch TV, I'm going to get a lizard out. Like my, right. like in my classroom, like if I have kids that want to just sit and hold something or like if they're having a bad day, we'll get a, we'll get something out because I mean, everybody, not, not it. the crested, not the crested because he jumps, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. like they'll get the like bearded the fa- dragon, the fat, tail. The fat tail gecko. We have a fat tail gecko. We have a leopard gecko. Um, we have a box turtle. Like they'll get, they'll get one of those out or the guinea pig or something like that. Yeah. That makes sense. It's just, I, we, there's so many who will get get a bad taste in the hobby in the beginning because of what we tell them is, is a great beginner. And, and, uh, 
like you said, there's there's so many things out there that people just don't know. We didn't know about these newts until one of our one people, one person on the show just had them. We're like, let's get them. And then, like I said, they're bulletproof. I'm not gonna lie, and I'm not gonna sure we have not taken the best care of these things, and they just laid seventy plus eggs the other day. I mean, and and in reality, I've never seen them exhibit any mating behavior until after we upgraded the tank. You also realize that that was at the three month point when they're also sexually mature. Yeah. The three year mark. Three year, yeah. yeah. Three year, yeah. yeah three I was gonna say yeah, three months, definitely three not. Yeah, yeah. That was the other yeah. thing I was like, oh my god. They, they got they yeah. got sexually mature around like twelve, like a year ish, like yeah. ten months to a year ish. Yeah, they are ready. Yeah, and then I never, yeah. I, never, I, never space I just have never too. paid enough attention to how goofy the front legs on the male looks until this all happened. I'm like, God, he does look stupid with these big gangly. You see the 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 pads, the, uh, the pads and they're kind of like angled out. It's arms. just absolutely. It's just the weird like. It's not how I would have ever assumed they would mate. You would just assume, like the rest of the things, they'd get on top of them and <laughs> curl around and mate. But just uh, it, like literally put them in a lock and like, I'm going to slam you onto the bottom and then they start wrestling around. It's the weirdest thing. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They're a lot of fun. Uh, Lainey they said, said, I like them. Beginner is a weird thing to explain. I think it comes to what the person is willing and wanting to provide for Agreed. the animal. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, I've said before, my first pet snake. My, my own first pet snake is a horrible first snake. My first one was a Brazilian rainbow boa and he lived for 20 years, but I fucked up a lot in the first five years of owning him. Cause that is not one. I would suggest someone go, Hey, your first animal should be this. Unless you've done a crap ton of, of research, which I didn't, I went to a reptile show and it looked pretty. And the guy How sold it to me. You? Uh, I was a junior in high school and the guy was like, yeah, this is easy to keep. I was like, sure. It's pretty. Let's get it. And the problem was, the biggest problem was, he screwed me over. The snake screwed me over. He was nice. Had he been like every other Brazilian rainbow boa and tried to kill me, I probably wouldn't have got him. Oh, yeah. But he was, that's, I, the, that's the snake that got me over my fear of snakes. When we started dating, I wouldn't even go in the room with the reptiles that he had. And then I just started watching Ozzy from a distance. And then I was like, you should go get him and just stand by the door. So then he would like stand by the door and hold him. And then eventually I could, I would let him get closer. But he was just like this little old man. Like he had the coolest personality. He was super chill. Yeah. His babies have never been like that. So, so do you guys not recommend, funny enough, that's exactly the next species of animal I'm looking into and doing all my research. They're amazing. Oh, they're awesome. Oh, so you do recommend. You should, like, everybody they're, should. They're a great pet and you've got enough okay. experience where it's, it's just a matter of humidity and making sure, because look, okay. when, when they're babies, if they, if you let a water bowl go dry and I will, I look, I don't hide anything. I killed an entire litter over a decade ago because I went to do water changes and then left the room and forgot. And they came back the next day and they died. didn't have water and they all died. Wow. Um, okay. They will dehydrate as babies. They're fascinating. They're a beautiful species. They're, uh, I feel like them. if you can do amphibians, you can do anything though. Like that's, yeah. you'd be amphibians have always scared me. That you'd be surprised. was why I got newts. <laughs> uh, people, people are always saying dark frogs are, are so hard and all of that. If you can keep fruit flies alive. That's my problem. That's why I, I refuse have to do fruit dark flies. Dark frogs are so easy. It's the fruit flies that are hard. No, but that's, that's what I'm trying PTSD to say. You know, right with fruit yeah. flies. So. I, I had to do yeah. them in, in college for a genetics class and I refused to ever raise fruit flies for anything. That's why I was like, oh, we can do these baby newts. They, he they, says he did them in college, but they lived in my dorm room because they kept dying in his dorm room. So he had to do the experiment in my dorm room. So I had fruit flies in my dorm room. They didn't fly. They were they, they were wingless. They were contained. They were wingless. But, but I like okay. So but you guys are about to do brine shrimp. Yes. 
what do you what what in your head is the difference between Brian Shrimp? Just out of curiosity, right, Brian so, Shrimp sea monkeys. <laughs> they are sea monkeys. Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the problem I have with fruit flies is that I would always get mold growing in my cultures and then kill the entire culture. And then I also don't want to deal with fruit. Like Brian shrimp aren't going to hop out and start walking around my kitchen. Right. Okay. And so it's just, it's, they're self-contained. And I found the neatest little kit for raising them. It's like a little bowl with a lid on it. And they all like go to the middle. Like the, the eggs stay on the outside. There's little baffles and it's no hooking up a filter, no hooking up an air stone, no nothing. And I was like, I can do this. Oh, what? Yeah, no, it's, you send me the link to that afterwards. If yes. you don't have yeah. to, that, that sounds interesting. It is. Okay. It is like a little. So, it's like have you ever seen um, you know the if you go eat Mexican food and they have the tortilla dish with the lid on it, and you take the lid off, and the tortillas are on the inside. It's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, but there's a hole in the middle of the lid, and there's these baffles on the inside, and you put the eggs on the outside, and they float, and so when they all hatch, they go down to the water, and there's a little white scoop in the middle of that hole. That's how you get them out. And they're attracted to the light of that white soup and they all swim there and you just scoop them out with that. And all the eggs are still floating on the outside and they're not in the way. It's crazy. I was like, if if this works, it's going to be the easiest thing on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Please do keep me updated. I'm I'm pulling the link up. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. I was just going to say like the, the, the reason I compared them is because my problem with fruit flies was the consistency of staying on schedule every two weeks or every week you gotta, you know, you gotta do it. And brine shrimp are even worse because it's every two days. Yes. And realistically, what you do want to be doing, especially for the Spanish Revenues, is have like two cultures going and be refreshing it daily. And that was my problem with the Brian Shrimp. Like it's a, it's a, you're, you got to be on top of it. That's why my plan with them is to do, do the culture, uh, feed out of it for a few days and then put whatever's still alive in a small tank with a, like a sponge filter, keep those alive and feed from that while growing the next two days worth. You may struggle with that. We'll see. We'll see. I'd see. <laughs> We're gonna have well, lots of alarms. Well, and the good thing is, off. the good thing is these, these uh, things. Just breed. like I'm giving you a heads up. <laughs> I'm just. I'm happy they breed so fast. Like they do. And I don't know why I didn't realize it the other day that that sea monkeys were brine shrimp. I've always known what sea the sea monkeys, and I've always known brine shrimp. And then I saw something the other day. I was like, oh, that that makes complete sense. They are the same. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I think there's a um, difference in subspecies. From the ones that are packaged for sale, but yeah. they are, yeah, they are branch, yeah, sea monkeys are branch. Yeah. So it, it'll be an interesting thing trying to raise newts, but I, I'm 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 ready to see how this works. It, it looks fun, uh, and again, I, I think they're I think they're better to me. They're better than axolotls. Um, they are also axolotls. <laughs> I'm not completely sure are from this world. I'm almost positive they're aliens. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love axolotls, and I would still love to have one one day. It's an alien. But I like my little fat manatees too. Look, I'm telling you, there was a study once where they chopped the head off of one, sewed it onto the body of another, and it rewired the nervous system to that head. That shouldn't happen. I yeah, absolutely. I I I worked uh, when I was still in university. I worked in a lab that did research on axolotls, and one of the experiments that they did they did was they 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 were able to using some chemicals they were able to reduce to completely. get the axolotl to essentially evolve the loss of gills, climb out onto land. And then they tried another experiment where they chopped off the hands and they stuck on, like like you said. Like, yeah, they, oh, oh, wow, th- those things are crazy. It's but I, I believe there's a lot of other animals that can do the same thing that just haven't been studied as much. Yeah, well, and axolotls are also that one, they're, they're stuck in that larval stage. They're always stuck in that, I mean, they can go into the adult stage on a rare occasion, but majority they're stuck in that weird larval stage. So regrowing stuff is very easy. They're all, it's always, 
It's just an odd species. Yes. Um, so, but uh, so reptile wise, you're dealing with the sand geckos, and you said you've got the horn the horn lizards, which are cool. Yes. You do yes. any any snakes? Um, yeah. So I have uh, two carpet pythons, a ball python. Um, and a uh, BCI, a baby BCI, which is actually a, a bit of a funny story. I, I, I was selling a female car, uh, a female crested gecko online, just like on Kijiji, which is like our Craigslist, yeah. I guess. And um, so I put it up at like three in the morning, went to sleep, woke up the next morning, and I had a message at six in the morning, and, and, and some guy was like, "Will you trade it for a BCI?" And I was like, I've never kept one. Let's let's try it out. So I have a BCI now. <laughs> oh, BCI is awesome. That's, that's a huge part of my collection is BCI also. They're, it's this is a little baby. You'll yeah. love it. Is it male or female? Uh, do you know? No clue. No, no. clue. Uh, yeah, no, nothing. No, I know nothing about it. <laughs> I know that um, I know that it was bred in like in my city and then was traded for a ball. This, this snake has had like a journey and it's only like a little baby. But it was traded for a ball python and then this guy traded it for with me for aggressive gecko. So now it's, it's, it's going to stay with me, but I, I have no idea. I have no information about this. It's snake. such a weird trade for someone to go, you know what? I think I'd rather have a crested gecko instead of this boa. It, it's- Makes it, I, I mean like not to put value on animals, but it seems like the value of that trade was not there. <laughs> <laughs> no. You'll, you'll, yeah. I think you'll also be much happier with the boa long-term oh, than the crested gecko long-term. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 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 I've never so what was your first animal, your starter animal? Um, Reptile-wise? Yes. Or- yeah, well, yeah, or amphibian-wise. Well, he did fish before. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I, I've been keeping fish since for a very long time. Um, and even reptiles, while I was younger, I did keep red-eared sliders. But, like, as, as properly in the hobby and properly as a reptile keeper, I, I started with crested geckos. So I, I started keeping crested geckos, got one, got the whole obsession, bought a bunch of females, started breeding them for a couple of years, and then I sort of expanded to other species. And now I'm going the other way where I'm just selling off my crested geckos one by one. Because you, <laughs> you realized how stupid of an animal a crested gecko is. I, I, I think they're... I, <laughs> I, cue, I love I cue, You're trying to get me reptile counsel. I love Charlie. <laughs> As an animal, the I think they're, they're, they're really cool. But IQ-wise... God, they're dumb. Yeah, all, all sixteen will have one brain cell. I, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, look, they're they're. I'll tell you what. The first one that I ever got, I put more time into him because it was my first reptile, and all my friends got really interested. So everyone would come over and like pick him up and take him out. And when it was like all the focus was on him, I did see behaviors that I didn't see when I was breathing and had all these numbers. And as like so, there it was. In, they were an interesting animal to me then. But once you have so many and you're not giving them the attention, yeah. they kind of do start to feel like they're brain dead a little bit. Well, and that you're, yeah. And I will say yeah. I've noticed, so we used to keep, we, we keep our crested gecko, we keep all our reptiles at the house during the summer when we're not in school. And at home, that crested gecko just hides. Like we never see it nonstop, hides. And then we uh, did an event at her school a few months ago. I'm used and we to brought, it. And we brought the tank down from her room and we had all these people and it was a big event, a lot of people. He's out walking around, all in his cage, ex- everywhere. Like he's out all the time during the day at school too. It's such a weird behavior. But that it blew his mind. He was like, "You could see him." You know, like, yeah, he's out all the time. <laughs> at home, there's yeah, three yeah, of yeah. us. It's quiet. You would think he'd come out in the classroom. There's tons of fourth graders screaming and yelling and doing whatever. Fourth They're graders not are. completely crazy. Okay, I but have class management. 
They're crazy. So you say. But he's used, to, <laughs> he's used to the noise. I mean, I'm the loudest one in there. Let's just be real. But that's no, but you're exactly right. He's used to the noise. And so it's, that, that behavior is definitely different than he was here. And it's definitely, I can see where it'd be different than someone's got a whole bunch of them in a rack system of tubs or something and not really handle them. And they don't see people. And it's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But they're, they're a cool animal. I just, man, the whole jumping out in the middle of nowhere. And there, I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll, like yes that that is very it is very like frightening or frustrating but i think they're a cool animal but there's like the, that's the beauty of reptiles right there's so many different species yes. to explore that it's kind of like i think in the fish hobby it's very normal to be like okay i'm gonna set this fish up i'm gonna keep it for a couple of months and then i'm gonna trade this fish out for another fish and so you're always exploring and learning all these other different species See, that's weird to me too. All that. I've, I've owned fish and I've got, I've got a 55 gallon tank downstairs and right now it's African cichlids. And, I, and the only time I've ever not had like fish die, they have to die before I, I've, I've got, I've gotten rid of one. Oh, okay. Okay. I, yeah. So I'm completely the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> See, I've only ever gotten rid of one because someone gave me a giant ass clown knife. Please let me tell the story. Please no, let me tell the story. Go ahead. Okay. So <laughs> James had a fish, one fish. That we cried over. No, no, that wasn't that wasn't what he. No, it wasn't that fish. He went. No, it wasn't. No, he wasn't. So you wrong wrong story. I had. (laughs) I I love catfish, and I had a little bumblebee catfish in there, and I had this huge, massive clown knife, and I had a bunch of other stuff. But I turned around at one point, and the clown knife has my bumblebee catfish in his mouth. That's exactly what I was just. No, you were talking about the Raphael catfish. That's the one I cried over. Oh, just kidding. The, but he had my he had my little bumblebee catfish in his mouth, and so I reached I reached in and I grabbed this clown knife and pulled the bumblebee catfish out of his mouth, and then immediately took a picture of him and posted them online. Said anybody wants them, come get them. The next day he was out of my tank. Yeah, I was I was like, you are not eating we shit were in my tank. Sitting I'm on done. the couch, and all of a sudden he jumps up, dives into the tank. Joe and I have no clue what's oh, gra- going on. I mean, this thing's like a foot, like oh, over a foot long crazy. clown knife. I was like, the fuck water you. Water went everywhere. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I, uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't get rid of fish. If they die, that's the only way. When we moved to Texas three years ago, uh, everything made the move and we got here and it was great. And then I made the mistake of buying one fucking, uh, angel fish from PetSmart. And then okay. I got, and then I got ick. And I was like, okay, let me treat my tank for ick. And I treated my tank for ick and Everything fucking died. Except. Well, except for three damn giant Danios, which they're impossible Those to kill. Those things are bulletproof, yeah. We saw two. One finally one died about away. two months ago. Just older. They're bulletproof. Their scales are starting to look gross. Like, yeah. they are The old. other two, the other two, I mean, they've they've got to be hitting their lifespan. They've got to be. But that's why they use them in that's why they use them in like in labs for research. Those things are like those, they're impossible to kill. <laughs> they uh they're the only answer. So I lost uh, I had a Raphael catfish that I had had for over a decade. Uh, that one killed me inside when it died. But everything died except for these three. And I'll tell you how bulletproof they are. I said, fuck it. And I just left the tank. I said, fuck, I turned the lights off. The filter was going, but I wasn't paying attention. I just said, fuck it. And every time I, the water would get too loud from the filters, I would just pour water in there. I'm like, I'm done. So, so TDS is just getting higher and higher every yeah. time. So and then, I don't know, it was probably like seven, eight months later. I was like, you know what? I want to try to do fish again. And I turned the lights on. There's three fucking Danny. I mean, I've been feeding them here and there every now and then when I think about it. But those three fucking Danny, I was like, we're still alive. We're great. Swimming around. And so then I was like, I'm going to get to do African cichlids now. And so I went and got African cichlids and they're living in there with the African cichlids. And That's I mean, crazy. like I said, one died a couple months ago, purely of old age. Like they just, they started, they're starting just to look old. Their scales no longer are all nice and shiny. Like some of them just look like they're dull and missing. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're going soon. But, That's uh, funny. 
but yeah, it's it's mostly uh, African cichlids, and then I do have catfish. I, just, I, I have a weakness for like small catfish. Uh, yeah, I mean they're awesome. I don't blame you. So I, I do. I love my fishing. I, it's it's one of my favorite things, um, and we've had it for oof, since two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. We've had it. It's yeah. 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 It's been, I'm like, it's been a minute. It's, it gone, it's before gone, we got married. And it's gone through several changes. We did tropical, like tropical community fish at this one point. This is my favorite though. This is my, the setup you have now, now is my current favorite setup. I do like the cichlids now, the, the, the African cichlids because yeah. they have a personality. Oh and you start to kind God, of learn them. They, though. We just got, and a, they learn you. Yes. Yeah. They oh, do. So Cause he'll walk in the room and they automatically swim to the top of the tank. Like, okay, come feed us. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Like, though, if I'm walking in, if I'm standing in the living room just talking, and if I look over, they see me standing. They're all on the one side where I normally feed them from, just waiting for food. And uh, and they're some of them are decent sized cichlids now. And yesterday or two days ago, we went to the pet store, and the pet store had this small um, orange blue ob peacock cichlid that, uh, and it was small. But I'm like, I want it, and it was at a pet store, like a random, like a chain pet store, so it was cheap. So like, I'm getting it. He's been great. I put him in there. He's like a fifth or a sixth the size of these and he just swims right up next to him and eats with them doesn't care doesn't care at all he has so much personality that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome uh, uh just to answer uh nakia's uh, i'm sorry if i yeah, no, go. No, no no go for nakia's, it nakia's uh, uh comment that is you perfectly describe betas i think it's the luck of a draw and i think a lot of them are they've been overbred or inbred for so many years that it's completely lucky whether you get one you could put one in like a 20 gallon that's completely cycled and doing well, and it could drop, just drop off and die in one day. And you could put it in a cup of water and it could survive for and six I, months. It's very random with betas. And I think the number one thing that happens with betas is that people don't realize they're still a somewhat tropical fish mm-hmm. and they let they them just get too cold. So yeah, I ordered, absolutely. I got, I had one, I had one in college that I had for like seven years. And that sucker, I mean, he was great. But we, I had one a couple of years ago, and it was when we had that big freeze happen. And I was like, the house is going to get too cold. He needs a heater. Like, I need this. I even, like, moved him to my closet where it was warmer. The heater came in the, the day after he died. The came the day after he died. I was like, oh. So now I have everything when I decide I want to know. Well, we've got a guy that does, does our local reptile shows that has some of the most amazing betas. A lot of them oh, are, like, yeah. import betas. And, like, they're, they're the – you look at them, you're like, oh, I didn't realize they come in these colors. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, they're like fifty, sixty dollar fish, and people go, "That's crazy!" But I'm like, "Look at it; it's not the blue or red one you get at PetSmart. Like, this is a, a yeah, but like the aliens and the yeah, you know, those weird, yeah they're yeah, very yeah. ornamental looking. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you got like is, three or four colors on one it's fish. An and art it's an art piece that you're you want swimming around in a tank at your house. Easy. Absolutely. So betas are cool. I, that's one that. uh when I, I worked at a chain pet store for a while, and I used to hate when people would come in and want a goldfish. Like, I want a goldfish and a goldfish bowl. I'm like, well, that's not a thing. Uh, you want that one goldfish, you're going to need a 20 gallon tank. I'm like, well, I've had goldfish before, and they live a long time. I'm like, how long? They live for like three months. I'm like, it should live for like 50 years. That's not, three months is not a long time for that goldfish. You, you killed it. But they don't want to hear that because they don't want, because, you know, they're like, goldfish, it's cheap. Its setup should be cheap. And we see that with reptiles, right? Like, if it's cheap, it's set up. Turtles are one of the worst ones, unfortunately. You talk about having red ear sliders. Those are the one, like the worst taking care of reptiles. And the problem is they're so tough. Like they can live through anything, but people just throw them in a 10 gallon tank. And then that lie that uh, they only get as big as their tank. I'm like, oh God, stop that. But 
That's the problem with a lot of those reptiles is they're just they're so tough and they can deal with such it, horrible conditions. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's what creates the term the disposable pets, right? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> and it's hard to get people to understand that. Like again, we sell someone a beard. They go and buy a bearded dragon for at a reptile show for 20, 40, 50 bucks, right? And then you tell them, all right, well, you're going to need to spend a minimum of $200 on its setup. And the parent goes, well, I'm not, I'm not spending that much. I'm like, but that's, you got to. That's how it's supposed to be, right? Like, yeah. And the, the thing that most people don't get is you're spending that money on the setup once. Once, yeah. Like, spend it and go big. And then, like, you're, you're, and then you have the cheapest pets, right? Like, yeah. with dogs and cats, you're buying food every month for crazy amounts. You're buying litter. You're buying toys. You're buying whatever. With reptiles, all the cost is up front. Pay it one time and then like how much are bugs? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you can always be like me and like my bearded dragon is fixing to upgrade to a bigger tank. So now I'm like, ooh, what can I put in this nothing. empty tank? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. What is that empty tank? Look, Chris Dieter literally just showed up. <sighs> Chris, yeah, Chris Dieter. Chris Dieter, we all know you have two Komodo dragons. Oh just make sure everybody God. understands that. Chris Dieter <laughs> doesn't have just one Komodo dragon. He has two Komodo Let's go dragons. Saturday. Yo, does he actually have Komodo dragons? Yes. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he owns a zoo. He owns a he crocodile owns a zoo. He owns a crocodile encounter. And he has place. two Komodo dragons. Hey, Chris Dieter, you want to be best friends? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. I, here's my bone to pick with you and everybody above up there in maple syrup land is y'all can have fucking Fiji banded iguanas. Yes, can't we can. Can't they have diamondback yes, terrapins too? Well, you, we can have time back to pyramids here if you yeah. don't live in Texas. We, we can um, have them if you can find them. They're like impossible to find here. See, we but can have Fiji's, them. Fiji's are available. Yeah. Cool. Fuck y'all. That's <laughs> all, 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 like, that is like our zoo finally got one on on exhibit. And I, this is like, oh, yeah. the coolest thing for me on earth to see it. I, one I just, of my students actually came to school today and he goes, Miss Lewis, we went to the zoo on Saturday and I saw the coolest lizard. I was like, oh yeah, what was it? And it was that one. Because it is the coolest and lizard. And I was like, oh, that's Mr. Lewis's favorite. <laughs> my, my my friend Greg is actually in the chat right now. It's beneath the canopy exotics. Just to make you all jealous, I can drive there whenever I want and go hold the Fiji back. Yeah, fuck both of y'all. <laughs> yeah. Both of y'all. I just want Diamondback Terrapins. That's well, you live in Texas. Those, you can't have them here. I know. Those, I, like, they are legal here, but they're impossible to find. I've never even seen one. So, so they, that's, that's not, like, you. nothing to be jealous about. We can find it. them easy <laughs> if we just get but, out of this state. Yeah. Like, if we right. we're not in this state, we could own them. That's okay. Uh, but I no, like Fiji, the problem with Fiji banded iguanas is that name iguana. Green iguanas have ruined that name. And... To compare the two is not fair. So I didn't realize there were so many different species of iguana. Yeah, and they're all better than green iguanas. Absolutely. If, you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of boas. Because when you hear boas, you automatically think large. Yeah. But you don't think of like samboas. Yeah, when I sell samboas, I'm like, this is a sambo. Like, Those are the ones that get big. I'm like, Or rosy no. boas. Or, or rosy boas, yeah. Yeah, like you don't think about, you just hear boa. And that's where your brain goes. What's the general public hears boa or python, they automatically think, yeah. Retics and anacondas. Or like the burrowing pythons that we have right here are not huge at all. Even even honestly, even the 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 like the green iguana when you when you're talking about it, it's not even that bad of a pet. I think it's it's become so popular that it's gotten into the wrong hands and become identified as the wrong pet. But I, I feel like if like I have friends with green iguanas and they they're awesome animals, honestly. Uh, I know, but yeah, I do agree that, that, yeah, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, you're fine. I know someone who has green iguanas and hers are, they have a awesome. gorgeous enclosure outside. She has, you know, she takes care of them in the winter when it gets cool. My I mean, problem is my, super ex cold in Texas, my but. experience when I worked at the zoo was that we just had the ones that were 
turned into the zoo from people. And so they were already adults and they were a fucking nightmare, except for the one female we had. That female hated me. Oh, she loved me. Uh, there was one week out of the month that she would not do anything with we me. We had big males that you would just walk near them and they're going to slap the crap out of you. And it was funny because the males never bothered me when I would use them for education programs. But that female, I could clock it down to the day. That one week, she would not want anything to do with me. And the vet one time told me it's because she can smell your hormones. And I was like, that's crazy. Really? She goes, it's not just you. It's other females on staff have issues with her as well. I used to take her out all the time just for fun. But see, the men on staff never had issues with her. She was awesome. And I'm like, okay, so I guess I'm a a threat, I guess. I don't know. So let me ask you about Fiji's. Are they as cool to hold as I would imagine they are? They're cooler to hold than you imagine they are. <laughs> I, hate, I hate y'all more. Now. Like it's such a messed up thing that we can't own them. Like I don't look. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, maybe maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe I'm exaggerating. But but uh, the first first couple of times I held one, they were very like fidgety and 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 I was like, what is this? Like this is just like any other reptile kind of thing. And then. As this animal got older and kind of calmer, and now, like I said, you can just reach in and grab it and put it in your shoulder, it is 100% cooler than what you're imagining. Oh. <laughs> I love it. They're, they're beautiful animals. I really, I, I wish they were more, more widespread. You know what? Fuck it. This weekend, I'm going to go see Chris Dieter and see his Komodo dragons and make <laughs> everybody jealous. That, see, if you do that, then I'll, I'll just I'll have to shut up immediately because that should. would make me more jealous. <laughs> I don't think we have anything Saturday. We shouldn't go out. Chris, Chris Dieter, we make him visit you Saturday. We make him visit you Saturday. I'll call you. <laughs> um, we so, haven't even opened Facebook yet. I'm just going to throw that no, out there. Oh, sure. Let's, let's go and get to that question. Questions. Uh, I do want to get to oh, the are, question. Are, are, are you guys a- live on Facebook as well? Yeah. Well, well I want to add the question that we posted this week from you. Yes. Oh, Chris, you just said he'll let me feed the dragon. Sold. We're going this weekend. I'm going to go feed a Komodo. And then I'm going <laughs> to tell, tell all the Canadians, fuck you. Yo, hold on. How much does it cost to fly down to Texas? <laughs> <laughs> I have a futon. You can sleep on my futon. <laughs> Perfect. Oh. It's going to have random reptile people showing up at my house I now. Just, so I, they I, can go see Christy. I'll be sold. I want to I want to see the Komodos. And then one of these days, I just want to see his Cuban Crocs run across the yard. I just want to see yeah. weird-ass Cuban Crocs gallop. They were just See chill. or be chased by. Oh, I don't want to be chased. Screw that. I want to see them run. <laughs> I, they will outrun me. I'm not getting chased by them. We were going to go to Croc Encounter for our field trip, but third grade is going. And since we can't, two grade levels can't do the same field trip, which is like the Tell them they suck. stupidest rule ever. No, but uh, That's not fair. Tell them you're the reptile. I know. I'm like, I the am the zoology Plus, club sponsor. Just, if the kids go two years in a row, what's the problem with that? I know. Yeah. So. Oh, they just moved a bunch of stuff outside from winter housing. So it's going to be awesome to go. Yeah. I want to see the giant Orinocos. And then we can feed goats. We can feed his goats. Well, I do like the goats. And I'm not going anywhere near that scary-ass kangaroo. I can tell you that. <laughs> Fuck that. It's wild to think that they're bringing stuff out from winter housing in the middle of February. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll go to Texas. For us, we, we got like two, two, three months to go at least. <laughs> it, was, it was 45 this morning when we left to go to school. I was sweating when I left and school. And at recess at noon... I was in a sweat because it was humid and like almost 80 or 70. I don't actually know. It was miserable. Hot. It was hot when I, I was I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit, but in Celsius, it's minus 12 outside right now. That's really fucking cold. Just I, I that, know that is the answer. I know Correct. zero freezing, freezing and you're below freezing. You're below freezing. Yeah. That is Way too cold. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Not doing that. 
<laughs> I'll, I'll take our 115, 120 degree summer because I can go inside and hang out in the air conditioning. I'm cool with that. I don't want to have to go sweep snow and ice off of a driveway. It's not happening. It's, it's not fun. <laughs> That's what every, my daughter's always like, I want to live where it snows. It's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You want to visit where it snows. You don't know what it would be like to live where it snows. Correct. We actually I give just, you one week and you're bored of it. We, <laughs> so it's funny. We just did a, an argumentative essay on whether or not you should go to school online on snow days. And one side of the argument was yes. And the kid lived in like New Jersey. And the other side was no. And the kid lived in Miami. And my students were like, they don't get snow in Miami. Of course they would say no. And yeah, could you imagine if Canada's like, we never yeah. go to school on snow days. And I'm like, like, all right, we go to school for two months out of the year. I'm so like, guys, they, they, the roads are clear before you ever get out of your bed. If you live somewhere where it snows all the time, like they, that's, nothing uh, shuts down. But no, like, but that's, 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 nothing shuts down. It's true. See, that's why people up north always freak out when we're like, we shut things down. Like we don't have the infrastructure. We don't know what ice or snow is. We can't function around it. Like yes, leave yeah, leave yeah. us alone until it goes away, and then we can talk. Yeah. Chris Dieter says it's easier to take clothes off. Uh, Chris, just please keep your clothes on. Because uh, if I come feed your your dragon and you're naked, see, and, I'm still going to feed your dragon, I, but I'll be uncomfortable. I, you can you can put on more clothes. You can only take off so much. Uh, on this trip, Chris, pay no attention to me if I no. go near all the baby Chinese no. alligators and one's missing. No. Just it's I didn't take it. I won't bring Dude, it back. missing. Two is missing. Obviously, <laughs> ship to Canada. <laughs> Chris Dieter, you may be naked now, but just a word of advice: do Chris. not do not feed Komodo dragons while naked. No, don't do it. Put some pants on. That that may not go well for you. Uh, anyway, let's get to our question. Uh, the question, <laughs> the question that Fadi came up with uh, is. When it comes to breeding reptiles, the little things really matter. What's one detail you noticed about the species you work with that you think more people should know about? So I want to go through all of these because some of them are really, really good. Great question. And then we'll get to to what you've noticed with yours and some of the things I've noticed with mine. Um, Let's go uh, (laughs) like Sean Gray. Sean Gray said the amount of actual shit lychees and other geckos produce. Yeah, there's a lot of shit in geckos. Uh, Just in general or more when they breed? No, they, they produce a lot of shit. I think in general, and I think also my, my biggest problem with it is that they always seem to manage to get it on the front pane of the glass. <laughs> the glass. Like, they're not, like, yes. like here, right oh, on yeah. your viewing vantage. Yeah, it's always <laughs> either shit or food on the glass. They, oh, yeah. Um, Max, Hicks said, Max Hicks said using light bulbs with proper UVA encourages more natural behaviors. Shout out VivTech. VivTech, code Gumbo22. Everybody just throw out there, code Gumbo22, say 15%. Uh, I'll sell my soul for some Shout money. Shout out VivTech. <laughs> Uh, our friend Drew Schultz, who also owns a zoo, uh, said the influence that a photo period can have on seasonal cycles. And this was really important, really interesting. He keeps his adult carpet pythons outside, which I just have to shout out, um, Drew. You gave me the worst carpet python on earth. She's a bitch. I just got to say it. Not Drew. Drew. Drew Learning Zoo, Drew? Yes, that's where she came from. Oh. And then he told me, yeah, all all the females that come from her are are evil. And I was like, yeah, they are. (laughs) There's no calmer down. We're just gonna add her to the list of stuff in this house that hates you. She no, she hates everybody. She hates life. <laughs> I think we're starting to see a trend here. <laughs> a lot of my animals aren't, aren't fans. Uh, 
Chris says he totally disagrees about UV. Drew, Drew, if you uh, if you breed carpet pythons, reach out to me, man. I, I, I'm looking to talk to more people about carpets. So <laughs> he, uh, we'll see. He said he keeps his adult carpet pythons outside, uh, and he says bigger male has lived outdoors for the last three years. Every single year, he goes through a shed cycle in January, February. It took him a couple of years to figure out, but at this point, he's 100 percent convinced that it's triggered by winter solstice and the increasing photo period. Um, and hasn't been influenced by the presence of any females, and he doesn't eat during the winter. It takes him a long time from start to finish, but it's become like clockwork. That's cool. Fascinating. So that's an interesting thing. I mean, and yeah. that's one thing a lot of people don't keep animals outside. So like, you, you won't notice a lot of those behaviors if they're not outside. Yeah. Right. I unfortunately cannot keep animals outside. <laughs> no, you, you, you could. can't you even go outside. You could. Really. You just would not have them for long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, our friend Amanda Reddy, who does uh, uh, chameleons, like – well, I have, and bugs. The, I have a thing. You There's no lots one, of bugs. No one can see our chameleons over here because I fed them before. But uh, it says, how much feeder variety matters? Is it including feeder type and feeder gut load? We believe that you are what you eat. An approach to our chameleons, healthy feeders make healthy chameleons. Also incorporating feeders for uh, mental and physical stimulation too. Yeah, I let them run around and go catch them every now and then. Um, and I will say, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to the Reddies because uh, they've got this feeder fuel food. For anybody checking it out, go check out uh, Reddies Rainforest. This is a gut-loading food that I've been feeding to uh, my roaches. And, man, they love this stuff. I will say – so I'm not a big fan of the roaches. But I was looking at the colony because you had them – the colony lid off earlier. And yeah. they look great. God, they, they, they go crazy. As soon as I put the stuff in there, they go crazy for it. They look really good. So it's, Do they ship to Canada? They may. They they, I, don't, I don't know if they're in the chat. We'll see. Uh, I'll shoot her a message. Awesome. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> Another one for outside. Robin, our friend Robin, who does tegus in Louisiana. She says outside of breeding uh, season, tegus are more social than a lot of people think. You also don't have to spend time with them every day to bond with them, and they don't forget stuff overnight, which can be bad if you do something to upset them or break their trust. Um, but she also keeps a lot of her tegus outside because she's able to. Cause she's in, in Louisiana, so. That's another one. The, her outside setups are cool. Yeah. The ones that she has for tegus. I've seen pictures. I'm so jealous. <laughs> because it's hot down he's here like, all He's the like, time. I'm so jealous. I just want to go outside. Just, yeah. just go out there. That's all I really want. Um, we're, we're, we're enjoying it now. Come June when it's like 115 degrees outside, not so much. I'll still enjoy that it's not snowing. There I guess like, the, the grass is always greener on the other side, but I'll take yeah. the heat over the cold any day. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Look, I sweat like and I hate the heat. There were like 50 kids but. outside in our neighborhood yesterday because we were out of school. And I'm like, where the hell did all these kids come from? And then I'm like, oh, it's because it's a pretty day outside and it's not crazy hot. And they're actually getting to hot. play and be yeah. kids. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna read, this is a little long, but I'm also going to butcher the ever-loving shit out of these scientific names because I have no idea what she's Just don't worry. Are. Just uh, she says she uh, this is Sarah says she works with a few different species of Europlatus. Okay, I know what Europlatus is. I just don't know all the I don't know different. What that is Europlatus uh, uh, leaf tail geckos. Oh, okay, cool. Like the satanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know what those are now. Um, though I'm primarily breeding whatever that one is. One thing that I've noticed is that I avoid cleaning the enclosure glass. It seems to minimize stress if, uh, in an already very sensitive species and promotes more regular uh, breeding behavior. I had heard this tip in a passing once from a day gecko breeder, and the theory was that the animals are releasing pheromones and cleaning the glass erases those from the environment. I do still clean the glass, obviously, but it's just way less frequent uh, than I would other species. It does drive me crazy, uh, and but my belief is that it's more important to focus on the comfort of the animals and their aesthetics. I get that. I uh, This is going to sound bad. Like, I don't let my snake cages get horrible, but like my big bow cages... I may not clean all waste. As long as it's not like moldy and wet and gross, I 
I find they seem feel more comfortable. I mean, what's the first thing a snake does when you clean their cage and put them in there? They shit. Like, oh, they, yeah. They want it to smell like, like them. them. Right. It also that makes, makes you wonder if like lychees and crested geckos and all those geckos we spoke about earlier that that kind of shit all over yeah. the place. If that's what they're doing, maybe they're also releasing for They're just right? they're marking that area. This is yeah. my territory. Yeah, I'm marking it up. Territory. Yeah, which yeah. I'm sure they do I, in the wild. They probably shit all over trees in the areas where they live. That yeah. makes sense. Mark that territory. Um, also, yeah. the Reddies said that they will look into it. They never have shipped to Canada, but they're not opposed cool. to shipping to Canada. They just cool. don't know what the process <laughs> is. I say I can look. Yeah. I'm just gonna so on their food. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read. This is how much I love Lee Reddy. They this, when we got our chameleon, we got like a booklet of information from them, and it's so wonderfully written and so easy to read and understand well, this, this is their their list of ingredients for this is just food for your roaches and crickets uh alfalfa timothy hay orchard grass soybeans dandelion root dandelion leaves uh some other sort of flower sunflower seeds bee pollen hibiscus flowers rose flowers and leaves rose hips quinoa pumpkin seed buckwheat rice bran brewer's yeast and spirulina that's just for feeding your roaches yeah so it's good stuff uh, da, 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 go there. oh, our buddy Travis. To the Spirulina is the best stuff on the planet. I feed that to everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Travis says something I've noticed with my candoya, and I know this because we've been in a private chat, and he's been talking to me about it. But he's got a uh, candoya, and he says the girls appear to stop with their day night color change once they become hormonally dark for being gravid. Uh, he said, looking through all the stuff written on them online, this fact was never mentioned, but he definitely noticed all three of his females that he thinks are currently gravid have stopped changing colors and have stayed dark, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, and then BMC Bioscience says, I'm noticing that once I got better at breeding chondros, my promotion or my production dropped off for my jungle carpet pythons. Um, both are Morelia genus, and one hypothesis I've come up with is that the pheromones from the chondro reproduction serve to confuse his JCPs. I would love to hear from multi-species keepers on the topic. I could be. I mean, definitely could be there. Some people keep them in separate rooms. Um, da, 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 da. I got a few more here. How Co- far are they from each other? I imagine they probably have them caged right next to each other. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Copperhead Reptilia says, I work with Slowinski's rats, and they definitely go nuts for chicks compared to mice. Uh, there are some reports of them being more pine forest specialized, so a nest rating behavior Checks out that makes sense. They would want birds more than rodents. Absolutely. Uh, they kind of get that name rat snake and we think they only eat rodents, but man, so many, I mean, rat snakes are really great tree climbers and there's only, there's one reason to be a really great tree climber and that's to go find food or to hide. But yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I have found them hidden. Uh, I went out with a group once and they were looking in woodpecker, uh, uh, holes at checking on chicks and they put it up camera up in the woodpecker hole and there was a rat snake just sitting there staring at them from inside the woodpecker hole. Uh, I Pardalis said shades and the intensity of color and Ambilobi panther chameleons. Their color is a uh, polygenetic trait. So the spectrum is very different when you're focused on it versus just being able to say you have a yellow one in your inventory. And then uh, Father Blue on Instagram said how some of these animals actually come in from the wild. Lots of them are poached and sold illegally so that they can get them and call ourselves conservationists, ripped out of their environments to be sold so that natives can eat. And we have the animals we want. The cold hard truth is I learned working with my particular species and seeing this firsthand. I work with blue tree monitors is what he said. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a controversial topic right there. <laughs> it is. It's a tricky one. Like, yeah. 
Uh, and there's different ways you look at that. Like when we talk about illegally smuggling stuff, some of them are illegally smuggling. Pet. Like, look, whenever you watch a video of some breeder in Australia, and then a couple years later, magically that gene shows up in America, like that's illegal. That's 100% illegal. Now, should it be? No, it's, it's it, look, that's a dumb. Depends on who you ask. <laughs> I, they should be allowed to export captive bred animals from Australia. If you don't want us to send stuff into Australia, that's fine. You don't get to have our cool animals anyways, but we want your shit and it's captive bred. Like send it on over. It's not, it's, but I, I think if it's captive bred, then you're not hurting anything. They should be able to go both ways. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. They're, I think they're, they're afraid that if that happens, then people will go out in the wild and collect more of them. And I get that. But just police that shit. I don't know. It's just – it's already happening. At least Sorry, if, hard to police if, though, right? Well, but it's already happening. If you make it at least illegal, make it legal, then you can tax a little bit of it. Make a little bit of money off of it and then everybody's happy. We're getting stuff. You're getting money. You know? Yeah. It's true though. Like what, what, whenever you make something illegal, it just creates the black market for it. Yeah. So now all these things are still happening. They're just happening under the radar. But, Look, yeah. Like I've said before. I saw a video when someone showed melanistic blue tongues in Australia, and I saw a video a couple years later at a pretty big blue tongue breeder in the United States when he had melanistic blue tongues. Mm -hmm. And that shit didn't just pop up in his collection. (laughs) Right, so that shit happens. Um, I I do agree with the... It's tricky. Like, importing wild-caught stuff is also tricky. You know, it's true. A a lot of animals, like... um, We've talked about blood pythons before. There is a trade there where people collect them in the wild and they do ship them out and but that is their way of making money and and feeding their family it's true it's just i don't know it's it's hard to say what's right and what's wrong completely but there's got to be some middle ground in there for certain things being imported it's a very thin line i think yeah like a lot of the species i work with are wild caught like all the mountain horn dragon the main pairs i have are all wild caught the original stenodactylus group i got was also wild caught um so it's a it's a it's um it's always like an ethical dilemma right like it's 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 between i want to produce these animals so in theory there's less wild caught which i don't know if not is necessarily true and then there's also the the other side of it which is like these animals are coming in wild caught regardless of if i'm the one buying them or if someone else is buying them so maybe if I was to take them, I could breed them, whereas someone else might take them as a pet. Yeah. But anybody could say that, and anybody like it, it is very much of a, like I said, an ethical dilemma. But uh, yeah, that's that's why I said that's a controversial topic well, immediately. Yeah. And the thing is, you've got to start a captive population somehow, right? And the problem right. is that we do have a history of importing. Look, we talked about it earlier. You have fire-bellied newts, right? And everyone, there, no one was holding on to firebelly newts because they were like two fifty at PetSmart. You could buy those; Absolutely. they were left and right. They were cheap. Those and firebelly toads, you could buy everywhere for almost nothing. And then they outlawed the exportation of them, and then we couldn't get them. And now, and now it's a problem because no one had set aside a whole breeding colony. So importing has got to be done sometimes to be able to do that stuff. Um, and sometimes we take it for granted. You know, I wish they would not import Savannah monitors because I wish there was a big enough captive population of people trying to breed Savannah monitors, but why breed something, sell it for 500 bucks, 400 bucks when you can buy it for $20 off a table, off an import. That's the problem. That's exactly because they're an awesome animal. And if they were, if there was no wild caught imports, they would sell for a very good price and everybody would want them. But because they're so cheap as wild caught imports, nobody wants to breed them. Yeah. So it's kind of this whole, cycle right like it's a whole 
It's the same thing with the Stenodactylus. They come in as wild caught for like 20, 30 bucks. Nobody wants to breed them because they're like, what's the value of that little animal? But eventually, and, and we've already sort of seen it up here in Canada, at least where they were like very easily come in. And then for a long time, they won't come in at all. Now everybody wants them. Now there's that need for captive bred animals. But if, if nobody saw the value in it originally and nobody was breeding them, then they're just, they just not existent in the hobby around you. Well, we saw that with Doomerel's boas, right? Mm-hmm. Madagascar is a weird place because depending on who's in charge, sometimes you can export and sometimes you can't. And then sometimes it shuts down for long periods of time. And Doomerel's at one point were very common. They were 125 bucks for forever and you could buy them everywhere and you could find them. And then all of a sudden people saw some pictures of them from bigger breeders online. Everybody's like, I want those. But Mex- there were none. That's Mexican black king snakes. Mexican black king snakes is a weird one. That was because of Asia. They, they they became super popular and then not popular at all and then super popular yeah. again and now they're like super cheap again yeah yeah you had an entire group that was exporting like, exporting to Asia and so oh, gotcha. it, they they kind of drove the price up and that was a weird fluctuation because of that um but yeah there's just like doom rolls coming back down but they at one point they were selling for like eight hundred bucks a piece and I'm like that that's not an eight look I love them and I think they're great but it's not an eight hundred dollar animal it's just it's just not um. So it's come back down though, but that is an animal that people weren't worried about because you were, you could import them and find them all the time and it wasn't an issue. Um, so importing is important. It also can be done better. It definitely can be done better. Um, so we had, uh, I'm going to put, I'm pretty sure Ashley, isn't that her name? Ashley in Canada. Uh, Ashley Dizan. Yeah. We had her on Northern Lights Reptile Imports. She is awesome. And she's importing some not so common stuff. She's not just sent there importing like ball pythons, right? She's, she's doing it the right way, which is cool. Well, and she's importing some important things to try and get some collections started. I am pretty sure she is the reason half of the cool species that we have right now in Canada are around. And absolutely right. She's doing it the right way. She's doing it the ethical way. Yes. And, um, and she like, yeah, I, I, there's endless good things to say about Ashley. She's doing a great job for sure. And so that that's one way to do it. Now, look, I've seen the people that are just importing large amounts of common shit. And that does drive me nuts, especially common stuff that we know we can breed in the hobby. And that if we would just do it, I don't, I get the idea of needing to bring in new blood every now and then, but new blood doesn't mean ship in, you know, a thousand boas from South America somewhere when it's not, it's just a common bow. Like it's just a common Colombian bow or something. It's not like some of these smaller mountain range boas that people don't have a lot of. And they're trying to do different blood. So I don't know. It's a weird thing, but I, that's, I, I digress from that because importation stuff can go on for forever. Uh, but things, I'll go back to the question. Things that I have noticed uh, with my animals, one that I noticed, so I keep a lot of sand boas and, and I mention this all the time. People in sand boa groups will, will jump in there. They got a sand boa and all of a sudden they're like, my sand boa is not eating. And the first question is like, is it a male? <laughs> and they're like, yes, you're okay. It, it's going to not eat for about three months. It's, it's got a one track mind and food is not on that track. Um, but that is not something someone would know if that's the only snake they have and they don't know anything about breeding them, right? They're going to freak out that their animal is not eating. And no one explained to them, yeah, that just happens. That just happens sometimes with them. You're, you're fine. Um, so that's definitely a tricky thing. Again, I go with, uh, I think some of my animals, my larger snakes, especially with our breeding time, are more comfortable if their cage smells more like them. I like to move males to females because I think making the female comfortable in a lot of those situations is important. One thing I've noticed with my like my boas, 
is I tell people all the time, keep your males. And this is males in general, really. If you are someone that breeds and really across the board, keep your reptiles smaller. That that should across the board that people overfeed their reptiles. But if you have males, male boas, keep them small. They, they're healthy. They're fine. They're not meant to all be eight foot long and weigh 20 pounds or 30 yeah. pounds. They're, they're just not meant for that. My males are four foot long eating medium rats. And that's about as big as they are around and they're healthy. And if you put them in with a female, they go to work. But if I were to put in a big fat seven foot male, he's going to sit in the corner like a big fat seven foot male. Yeah. So sometimes too big is too big to, to do the job. Right. Yeah. Even like some females are just too big. I've seen some female boas. Like I've seen some doom rolls and, and some BCIs before that just are massive. They have fat rolls. Like, Big is not better there. That's not a healthy animal to have babies. Like you're not guaranteed to have the best litter out of that just because she weighs a ton and is really, really thick, right? That's not the shape they are in the wild. So they can't be the shape they're supposed to be in captivity. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some things you've noticed with, you're keeping some kind of off the wall species. What are some things you might've noticed with them? Yeah. Like, so that's the reason I even brought up the question, right? Like there's some things that I think are so specific that you have, have to have done it a couple of times or you have to have bred the species multiple times to even be like that's what went wrong or that's what they need or whatever so i'll i'll, I'll start off i do have i actually once i gave you guys the question i did write down some examples just so i'm not completely like <laughs> <laughs> out of it in this chat but i'll, I'll start it off with conveniently enough one of the ones i wrote down was actually the spanish rib newts um so i we, we've bred them multiple times over um and tried different things and experimented with different things. And like, so something super small that most people won't even think of is like, you guys said you you bought a brine shrimp hatchery. Yeah. The first couple of times I bred them, I bred them with a the brine shrimp hatchery and everything went perfect. It went super smooth. Then I got sick of brine shrimp. So I was like, let me try different live foods. Let me try vinegar eels. Let me try microworms. Let me try fairy shrimp. I tried all sorts of stuff. And the, the success rate was never the same. Hmm. And then I went back to brine shrimp and now I have the same success rate as before, which is very weird because brine shrimp are a saltwater species and Spanish shrimp newt are a freshwater yeah. species. But clearly there's some food that they're getting out there in the wild that has the same nu- nutrition quantity as brine shrimp. That's just not, they're not getting in, in captivity. So it's, it's just those... And that's actually one of the reasons, again, like ask the question is it's those small things that you won't even consider on the first round that kind of you, you see the success in. And it couldn't, it could maybe, maybe not even be that. It could be a fluke. It could be like a placebo effect that I'm thinking it is the brine shrimp, but there was an alternate factor in the background that was changed at the same time that worked. Uh, I don't know, but for now, I'm going to, I'm going to say brine shrimp. But to give you another example, um, the stenodactylus. So I bred them for three years. Almost, I want to say mindlessly in my head, I was like, what is this really easy species to breed? I put them together. I'm getting eggs. The eggs are hatching. No problem. Almost mindlessly, I was doing everything perfectly fine. And then I started putting thought into it and I stopped getting babies and things weren't hatching and I wasn't getting eggs. And I was like, what is going on? And so as I'm breaking it down, I start to think about it. What are some of the things that changed? And, and you start to notice these very small things that you do that maybe you even did without thinking about that those were the reasons for success. So for the stenodactylus, for example, I wasn't spraying them as often. 
they're a desert species. Most people assume they're fairly dry. They're, they don't need water that frequently or whatever. The, when I stopped spraying them, when I dropped the humidity levels for them, that I found I had more of an effect on size of females and quantity of eggs than when I brumated them for the winter, when I increased heat, when I increased feeding, all these different things, all these different factors I played around with. But it was the one thing that I didn't think of that I was doing almost, as I said, blindly or brainlessly. That was the one that now, three years later, I found has affected the most. Hmm. So, it, yeah, it's just, it's fascinating to me that there's these small things that these species need that we don't even consider are not in care uh, care guides are not being talked about right like again the stenodactylus most people consider them um desert species but i've been to the region where they exist and that desert is so humid <laughs> that it's it's not something i would have even expected right so just small things like that and and, and i have I could, I could go into some more examples as well but that's really why i asked the question because it's it's those small things that fascinate me the most over many years of reptile keeping now well and i think one thing there also i think people trying to breed stuff sometimes overthink it and they change things too much right absolutely sometimes your animals need a couple of years to just mellow into the way they're being kept and someone goes one year and it didn't breathe they go all right well i gotta try something new next year oh they didn't work i gotta try something new next year and like if you keep changing them you're resetting that clock right and and that may be why you're messing up as well. Sometimes you just have to step back and, and yeah. let them just be the animal they are. Yeah. <clears throat> Crested geckos, for example, as well. I was breeding them for four or five years. No problem. I was getting tons of eggs, more than I needed. I was selling them perfectly. Everything was okay. And then I was like, all right, maybe I should take this seriously. I'm going to make this a business. I'm going to put my pairs here. I'm going to... Uh, everything... I was trying to map everything down to science. And... Uh, I stopped getting babies. I stopped getting eggs. I stopped getting all these things. And then now, like not now, now I've, <laughs> I've stopped breeding grass geckos. But post that experimentation, I put them back in tubs, kind of just let them do their thing. And I started getting eggs again. And I started getting that and whatever. And then when you look at it, when you try to think about it, what are the different things that I was doing? Was it, or again, I have no proof of this, but what I've come to conclude is, the substrate in the tubs when I left them alone was the same substrate as I was originally keeping them in before I started experimenting with all these different types of substrate. Yeah. Um, so that sometimes, yeah. something to do with it, yeah. Yeah, right? Like it's, it's, it, I feel like most people are, as you said, overthinking and not thinking of the small things that are really doing the job right. Yeah. And it's, it's, and in your case for like that, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Don't you fix know, it. Yeah, it. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's it's just a matter of paying attention to your animals. People just got to pay more attention to their animals. Again, like with, with the Samboas, uh, I will put males and females together just like, I'm going to put y'all together. And then when, if y'all have babies, y'all have babies. But if I'm like really wanting to plan it out, I look for them when they stop feeding. As soon as a male doesn't want to eat, I'm like, all right, put them with the female. And that always immediately they're going to breed. So as a breed, that's just something you notice. You don't, if you're going through feeding everything and a male didn't eat, track that. Just, just a little put a mark there. Next week, if he doesn't eat again, Put them with a female if that's, your, if that's your goal, right? That's that's that little thing you just got to notice that that's a natural behavior for them. It's not just uh, – sometimes we get into the habit of, oh, things didn't eat this week. Uh, moving right along. They didn't eat, and, and people don't track how long they didn't eat for, and you miss the entire breeding cycle. 
because all of a sudden it starts eating again in two months. You're like, oh, it just was on a hunger strike. I'm like, it was on a hunger strike because it wanted to have sex. <laughs> and other things on the brain. But, Can't blame the snake. No. <laughs> Uh, so I want to go through a few of the things that are over on our discussion group. Let me pull, yeah. it, pull it up on our uh, screen here. There's also a comment here from Jeff about monkey monkey tail yeah. skinks. That I agree with. Uh, the, the, the rarity is what made them popular, but I think yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, but I, I think also their hardness of and and I've never worked with them, so I don't actually know if this is true. But from my reading or from talking to other people they seem to be a very tough animal to breed um and so i think that's what kind of gave them the rarity and and that's why they started to get ignored until now their their popularity story coming back but i, I don't even yeah anyway what did we have at the we had prehensile tail same thing oh same thing yeah they uh, yeah those guys we didn't breed <laughs> yeah. them well, they, but we, well, had, were, we had one they the were food. also a uh, heavily imported animal so when something is heavily imported people don't tend to put importance on it Right, they they don't tend to think of it as that important, um, and so it's a little tricky. Um, let's see, a couple of things that we saw this. Oh, someone posted the stingray thing again. Your pregnant stingray. I know. I haven't. I have not been following up, but they they posted that literally like the day after we talked yeah. about it, which I thought was funny because unless they heard us live, somebody's a slacker and doesn't get stuff out like they're supposed to. They're they're out now. Are they? Anyways, uh, this is one where it says scientists find living frog with a mushroom growing on its back. That's a weird one. I, I saw that. That's, that's just like a little tiny little. Yeah, just a little. How mushroom. little? How little do you have to move to be able to get a mushroom to grow? On I know. Back? I know. Well, and the thing about something that is known for a, species, a type of animal is known for having such a sensitive skin, and it's just growing a mushroom on it. Well, it's like uh, the Dr. Seuss book Daisy Head Maisie, where she just grows the flower out of the top of her head. Except He's this just is real. randomly growing a mushroom out of the side of his body. Like, what's going on here? Uh, these are cool. Some someone posted they found uh, these little uh, alligator lizards. Uh, alligator those lizards are cute. Alligator lizards are just really cool lizards. I like those. Uh, Omaha Henry Dooley Zoo. Uh, as part of the routine care, our ten American alligators participated in examinations to ensure they are healthy. Uh, that's always fun having to go through all the alligators. Well, and then they were also talking about um, like the coins and so stuff many that coins. you find in them, but also like in their exhibit. All of the coins were successfully calls. removed. How many did they find inside of them? Who's throwing coins in an exhibit? So uh, many people. So many Everybody. people. That was one of the biggest things at our zoos. Like we would put signs up. Please don't put anything in the tank. Because everybody has to make their wish by throwing coins in the water. In the yeah, water. but are you not going to think that the reptiles are going to eat this? No, they're not. <laughs> they the don't. general public? No, they're not going to think at all. That's yeah. that's not happening at all. Oh, uh, uh, Jeff wants to know, did you do any of the art or photography that's behind you? Oh, sorry. I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. I uh, Fun fact. I cannot do art at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the two pictures that are taken in black are by uh, mostly reptile photography or mostly hog town photography, mostly hog photography on Instagram. Super talented photographer. I've actually had him take a picture of a, these are not my animals. Um, but I've had a bit take a picture of a bunch of my animals and soon enough, I'll have them up on the wall. Cool. And I apologize. I do not remember who drew that crested gecko, but it was picked up off on Etsy and, I just love the yeah, it's it's that's awesome. cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have some more reptile art right next to me actually. Uh, you guys want to see? This was by um, Emily Burke. 
the mm-hmm. all the new cow species. Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, I, I I need to put this up, but I I need a better frame for it. Um, so I love it. And then so I thought this was a picture, but it's not. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> still important. Still important. Yes, yes, it is. It is. But yeah, <laughs> I gotta get frames for ours. Yeah, I I so I I record all a lot of my episodes in the basement, but sometimes I have. Um, I live, I live with some family and sometimes I have people over and the basement gets too loud. So I've like, I've started to form a bit of a reptile, reptile nook in, in my room so I can record here and have a backdrop. So I'm like, just get all the arts you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you just have friends like ours that just made us a random sign for us. Oh, yeah. and then- I saw that. That is Awesome. When it's I need, I need that for lit my up, podcast. it looks really cool. I've got to find, sure find the so power gotta, adapter. And we move some stuff around in here, and, and the, 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 the power adapter goes with it. Yeah. Yeah. The, at one, so our friends over at Focus Cube, the Howdies over at Focus Cube, were like, hey, we made something for you. And he sent me a little picture of like a screw on it. And I'm like, the fuck? They make cages. I didn't ask for it. What is that? Yeah. And so he's like, just come, come get it. I was like, Okay, so we drove an hour. And he to get was like, it. "Bring the truck," and I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah. what?" We got there. It's another enclosure. I didn't know what was coming in my house. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, oh, this is cool. And so Travis mean, posted this from the Reptile Preservation Institute. This is Cody Bartolini. We've been to his place. Yeah, We've yeah, been yeah. here. Uh, he was working with Guatemalan palm vipers, and they had a litter of awesome. seven born. That's cool. Uh, this awesome. this is in his uh, in his cold room. I love that room. <laughs> If I, I would keep these snakes just so I could have a room that's as air conditioned as this room where these snakes yeah. are in. Uh, when we visited, it was the best place on earth to go sit because it was like, I don't know, 60 degrees in there. Yeah. It was great. But it's all montane species. But that was pretty cool. Um, Oh, this is more Travis posting from our our guest that we had last week. Yes. Uh, when we talk, had Bill on hanging, it's a comparative arboreal prey handling and boa constrictors and ball pythons. We talked last week on the show. Is this you guys' like Facebook group? This is our so we have a Facebook page and then we have a Facebook group. Yes, yeah, the one where everybody posts their stuff. This is the discussion group oh, where so, we post. Like, so really this I've seen posted stuff. in a bunch of stuff. This uh, is I um, am joining right now. <laughs> this is is it Jesus Rivera? I think it's his name. I grew up watching him on all of the um, like on all the National Geographic. Anytime it was anacondas, it was him. Um, let me see if I can find where is it. It's Jesus Rivas. 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 Jesus. He's the one that walks barefoot through oh, the Pantanal yeah, yeah, yeah. and steps and tries to find anacondas. Well, during their uh, during this whole filming for this thing, they found a new species of giant anaconda. That's so crazy. So that was really cool. It's so crazy that it's 2024 and we're still finding new animals. Now I haven't read it. It may. I'm, it's, I'm sure it's. A, it may have been a green anaconda species that we already thought we knew, and then we've realized. It is a different green anaconda species. I haven't read the whole thing yet. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I remember. Every, I saw it posted today. It's been posted in a bunch of different groups. Uh, this is a lot of poop. Nathan Holcomb posted this picture. Someone posted of poop, uh, which I'm assuming it doesn't say what it's from. It's a retick. Is it retick? Yeah, it says it if you click on. Where? When you so I clicked on the actual oh. thing oh, okay. and scrolled. Through I assumed retick or berm. It's it's yeah, it's retick. It's big poop. It's a lot of poop. Uh, what is this? Oh, just okay. Just going through. There's another. See, there's another one posted about the new giant snake species discovered during filming of Nat Geo series in the Amazon. Which the other great thing about this is it means there's a National Geographic series coming out soon with anacondas. <laughs> That's the other thing I gained. That was from, what I gained from that information was there's a new Nat Geo species. Nathan po- po- uh, posted this, and I saw this in a Gila Derma group that I'm in. Uh, but someone got bit by their pet Gila monster and died. 
which like the last time that happened I read was like 1930. So I was, and one of the comments, in fact, one of the comments on here even says it's possible that he had an allergic allergic reaction. reaction. Because the the problem is if you click on it, so that's a CBS News thing. And when you go read the comments, it just becomes frustrating. It does. With so many non-reptile people commenting about shit they don't know. Yeah. Um, look, because yes, it is. Not everybody is owning these. Look, yes, it is venomous, and you should take care to not get bit with them without like making gloves on and stuff. But yeah. still, no one's died since 1930, so it's, yeah, it hasn't been a fear of. It's been almost a hundred years, people. Yeah, he probably did not die from venom like you would. Oh God, he had a venomous reaction and died. He had an allergic reaction to the venom. Yeah, it's probably what killed him. Which I mean, somebody could have an allergic reaction to a bee sting and drop dead in their front yard and. You never knew that you had that allergy. Well, I mean, just interesting. Someone in the going to know they have an allergy. One of the first comments I saw was like, uh, "That's not a pet," and I was like, "Well, no, yeah, it is. It is a pet. Yeah, it, it is." My one of my all time, like, I mean, we've been together almost nineteen years. One of my all time favorite photographs of you is of you holding a Gila monster. I was the happiest. The joy on your face is just coming out of that photograph. It's the most. It's my favorite picture yeah, of you. I, fa- I took that picture. Not our wedding pictures. Not pictures of him with our kids. <laughs> him holding a Gila monster. It is the best photograph of him. It is pure I haven't joy. seen it, but it's also my favorite photograph of you. Yeah. yeah like, I, it's so great. Uh, then I also found the one of basically Steve Irwin holding one and being super excited. Oh, yeah. I was like, see? We're the same. It's... <laughs> I will... I will... It's I will, true. You're the same. Exactly the same. The exact same as Steve Irwin. Uh, I will own a Gila monster. But your wife won't let you get alligators. <laughs> no, it, you'll let me. It's the United, yes, it's yes. The, United, the United States government will not let me oh. get it because I want a Chinese alligator. No, 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 I never said you couldn't have a Chinese alligator. I've always told you if you could figure yeah. out the paperwork, you could have one of those. You can't have an American alligator. Te- Texas won't let me have an American alligator. Well, there you go. <laughs> Texas would let me have a Chinese one if I could get the paperwork and the money. There you go. That's the real reason you moved to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm I could, down for it. We had one at the zoo where I worked before I became a teacher. I could have a Chinese alligator if someone would just give me one of their damn Chinese and it alligators. Was hands down, one of my favorite to work with. If I only knew, if I only knew somebody that had like sixty Chinese He's alligators, not even in the chat anymore. I don't care. I'm still talking to him. <laughs> Are you talking about uh, Chris Dieter? Chris Dieter. <laughs> Yo, Chris, if you're still in the chat, man, I'm serious. Hit me up, bro. I'm telling you, we're going to be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to go forward to go back out there because he's got giant Orinoco crocodiles. I'm sure his Nile crocodiles have gotten bigger. Um, I'm sure. He's got, I think he has a salt. Does he have a salt? He says, thing? I'm sure, like he's not checking every day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, he's got big American alligators, but he's got it's Cuban been what, crocs. It's been a year and a half, two years since we've been? Was it last Mother's Day or two Mother's Days ago? I think it was last. I don't remember. That's what we did for Mother's Day. We went to but, encounter. But I'm going to go feed a Komodo dragon. I know that much. Let's go. The, the Reddies are in the in the chat. Uh Amanda still wants a pied American Amanda alligator. Amanda still wants that alligator too. She wants a pied American I know, alligator. I know. I support Amanda. Get that pied <laughs> <American> alligator. <laughs> Just, all I want to Lee and I are both like, no, you don't need it. <laughs> I, I've, I've easily said I would get rid of every reptile I own I know. if I could have a Chinese alligator. I know. I'd just, I would just go in and sit with my Chinese alligator every day. It would be That's very long. until you have it. I've taken care of him before. No, I want one. He, he, because he was the reptile keeper at the zoo where I ran the education department. Um, 
And I miss working and with Crocodilians. I, it was awesome. It didn't matter what was on his schedule. If I was like, hey, I need Quali for a program, he was there 20 minutes early just Quali so he could hang out best. with Alligator longer. Except for when he <laughs> pee on you. He would pee on you. He would every now and then. Ah, uh, anyways. Um, I think we covered everything. What is that? Let me close that out. What did you... Well, just, uh, it's interesting that more mutations don't pop up in the Croc and Gator farms and that Pides and Leucistics are amazing. Yeah, I... Uh, it is weird. You would think, especially like in uh, parts of Indonesia where they where they're really breeding like saltwater crocs and stuff, that maybe something will pop up. But I guess not. I've never seen a saltwater croc mutation. Or they don't know the value yet, and they're not spreading them. I've heard that ball pythons, when they first started finding the pied mutation, they they found them in the wild, and they thought, oh, this is just like a burnt snake because they would burn the plains where yeah. um the snakes were found at okay. and so the first group of pied ball pythons that would have been worth who knows how much uh over here in north america were actually just tossed away as these are just burned they thought snakes they were and then burned. they thought those were burn marks for the pied so i don't know how true the story is but it could be happening where there is that there is mutations sense, popping though. up yeah where yep. there is mutations of other species popping up and just the people working with them are just not realizing the what value of what they have, yeah, exactly. But they do know now. Like it's 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 uh, it's crazy how much the ball python I market is growing. They, they do ball python. Yes, it's one of my favorite things. Banana pie. I've got I've got a banana pie. Like look, I don't even care about. The I banana. shit on ball pythons all the time, I'm and I hate them. But a banana pie is so cool. Ball python. That's my problem. I, is all these different morphs, but like it doesn't get better to me than pied or banana. Like the rest of them, like whatever. So I don't my, care. My, one of my favorite corn snake morphs is the okati. Well, yeah. yeah. And, the, and that looks like con- confetti or like birthday yeah. cake to me. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Okati and then just a plain old normal corn snake, corn which snake. you can't, you can't find. find. Normal, normal corn snakes don't exist. That's yeah. my favorite. I'll tell you that. Normal cool. corn snake. Absolutely. Yeah. And and yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's awesome. There's and something even, for it, the simplicity. I don't keep ball pythons either. I just have the one that's sort of like my here. You can hold this snake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Like that, but it's it's a dirty Lucy, and just the whites on it. That's it. it really, it, it's a beautiful snake for sure. That's cool. Yeah. You get any, anything else, Katie? You want to talk about any other animals that you had that magically started having babies that I don't know about? God no. <laughs> no. I think it's. I funny. haven't told the kids at school yet. They're gonna. Freak I think it's so funny. They find just out. the timing that this happened. At the same time as we watched his video, and then that's he also. So, I texted her. Wild. I texted my daughter, who she's working on thank you cards in her room, and I was like, "You'll never believe this." I even texted my coworker because she <laughs> she's not an, a real big animal person, but she was like, "How's the podcast tonight?" And I'm like, "It's going really well." You'll never believe this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, for real. If you guys have any questions or uh, along the process or anything, yeah. feel free to oh, reach out. Trust me, yeah. we will. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At what age? This is my question. What age do you sell them? Do you wait until they've lost the gills, or do you sell them beforehand? I had mine had gills. You, that doesn't mean it was right. Yeah, I was oh, gonna no, say I'm that is exactly it. I wait. I personally wait till the gills are gone, um, because I feel like that's like they're bulletproof now. You, yeah. you know, do do what you will. But I have seen them sold with gills on, and I have had one person that like was waiting on them and it was like okay how old are they now how old are they now how old are they now and i'm like all right look they still have gills but if you're this excited then you must be 
you must have done the research. You must be ready, like whatever. And he did take them with the gills on, and now they're doing incredible. Um, but I would recommend like five months. Wait for five the gills months. to go. Wait for them all of them to be like no, nice I'm... little tubby manatees, as you said. And <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. And then yeah, yeah. I will say though, mine only had gills for like a week. Yeah, it's so weird to watch them go away because they look. So, it, it the guy that we healthy. got them from was like, they're going to the gills are gonna be gone in like a week, and I was like, and, okay. And I'll tell you what, the gills might have disappeared because you moved them into a new setup on their own. Really? Uh, because there is something to do. Like you know how with betas, when they're breeding betas, they tell you keep doing water changes because the betas release hormones yeah. that sort of prevent their siblings from growing as fast as them. I don't know if this is true for Spanish rib newts, but there is a difference in speed of when they're growing. And if you, so once I was like very seriously, like I'm breeding these, I want to try to, you know, take it seriously, whatever. I set up a bunch of like different five, 10 gallons, different tanks. I had so many Spanish rib newts aquariums that it would drive <laughs> a normal human being crazy. But anyway, so um, if you keep a larger size one with some of the smaller ones, you see the effect of, of slowness and growth. But if you, this one's a little bit bigger, pull it out, move it with the next group. This one's growing a little bit faster than the rest. Pull it out, move it with the next group. This one's slow. Uh-oh. We, he oh, froze. No. And we, oh, ah! it's us. It's us. So for anybody that's listening live, um, you're getting to hear Body talk about Spanish rib newts. And for the rest of us, uh, we'll be back in just. A we'll be back in a second. Oh my god! I mean, go, go ahead and Shoot talk to him. Message. Message him. Well, yeah. So that's. I mean, that's pretty much it. We today at, at school, we we did some moving around with some tanks. Um. So I, I do need to get some Aspen so that I can move him over fairly quickly, um, and make that happen. But yeah, I mean, we have a zoology club meeting in a week. If you've got an idea on what the kids should do in zoology club, shoot me a message. Let me know, because they 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 just want to do it all. They want to do everything. They don't care one way or the other. Um, they're just excited to learn things, which is cool. But it's it's tricky on my end because I don't want them to get bored. And I, I don't want to be bored. Um, so it's always interesting to figure out things. Still waiting for our Wi-Fi to pop up. Oh, that's fine. Um, if you are interested in another blanket for a giveaway, uh, shoot us a message or make a post and let us know that too. I have some reptile fabrics and things that I can create another blanket for. Yeah, if there's just let us know some of the things that y'all are interested in giveaways and what see me right now. Yeah. They're, they're, they're back. Okay. Okay. Jeff's like cool. Don't worry about we, it. Our internet we yeah, pay, yeah, so, yeah, pay so much for AT and T fiber internet and this <sighs> shit always goes yeah. out on us. Crazy. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff, for answering my question. <laughs> I was like, somebody I was like, in the chat here. will so, tell you this. They'll be back. Raptor G said he got a blood red pied side. Blood red pied side corns are very pretty. Ooh, those are cool. That's a really pretty corn. Uh, those are cool. But uh, so, anyways, yeah, the fat needs. I I, th- I was thinking about age wise when to sell them because you know if you wanted to, I feel like if you wanted to try and cash in and sell them easier, selling them at three months when they still have the gills and look like axolotls would be so much easier, but it feels underhanded. Like you, like, cause people are going to, if you guess, yeah, if you can sell them wholesale, that's probably your best bet. Yes. That's right. Like just all 70 at once. Yeah. Also, I will say they have a very low survival rate. 
Yeah. So 70, 70 eggs does not mean 75 oh, yeah. eggs. I, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, just so you guys have it in your head before you start losing if, the freaking I out, think it is my, normal. It's just me. I'm the only one freaking out. Um, I think my daughter <laughs> is like super pumped though. Like she seemed, ex- she doesn't get excited about much. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't, she doesn't get that from me. I get excited about everything. Um, but she seemed real excited when you were talking to her about it the other day and. So I'm assuming or not. No, I'm, yeah, no, she's oh, okay. I'm, I'm trying to figure out. So we have the white ones and I thought they were albino, but everything I'm seeing says that they're leucistic. Yeah, leucistic. Mine, mine don't have red right, eyes. They're not albino. And I'm assuming there that is, albinos. and I'm assuming that's a recessive gene, right? Correct. Okay. So we will only get leucistics then. Okay. If you, uh, no, because you don't know what's your, or are both yours leucistic? They're both yes, leucistic. The male and female. Oh, then yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you most likely will only get leucistics. But their bloodlines are so muddied up that there you may still get a wild type pop up every now and then. I do, I do. If we don't get, I still want to buy a wild type one just because they another cool. one. But yeah, they can. It is very the, random. They can all go in the tank together. That's the other thing. A big enough tank, they're a cool communal thing to keep too. So that's. I keep them in a. I think it's a fifty gallon, and I have three of them with uh, red cherry shrimp, and it's just it's set up nice with plants and how, everything. And they're how big are yours? I don't even know how I'm going to tell you like this big. Oh yeah, yeah. Ours, are not that big. ours are not that big yet. No, no, they they get big and they get yeah. they get pretty. When do they that's get what, big? That's, that's what I'm waiting on. Like, you gotta when? feed them, feed them more. Two years. No, because you if you feed if you feed them daily, they'll. they'll okay. eat daily. that's your problem. Okay. You've I not feed them every day. You've not daily, fed them daily. If you feed them every day, you wanna and you wanna pump them up real them. quick. Give them pinkies. Oh jeez. What? Like pinky mice? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, so they will take them, no problem. What? I also, I also want to lump them into the same category as being as stupid as crested geckos because I've watched these things try to eat, and they've grabbed each other's faces, uh, legs. They've just bit at air. Well, well it's water, but like nothing. Like, it's just. So that's that's another interesting point. As babies, they still lose their limbs. Oh, yes. We, one of these came one. missing a foot. One of ours was missing a foot, and, and it then grew back. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah we can't, there we can't I couldn't tell them. Now I can because now, now, now I know which is a male and a female. But so imagine fifty of them as you're raising them up, trying to get the same food. You're gonna lose a lot of limbs. Yes. <laughs> so, so like this, don't worry about it. I and that's why I try to keep them as small as groups as possible, just for that reason. But the limbs do grow back, so you're good. No, we're talking, Jeff. We're talking about our Spanish, Spanish rib newts. Yeah. So yeah. Jeff, Jeff joint. He missed to the very beginning. We uh, we are we, now Spanish breeding. rib newt breeders. <laughs> It is uh, that is on my list of things I have now bred. Unbeknownst to us, we uh, yeah, we have a breeding pair. Didn't know that. Fun times, fun times. Yeah, and then once you realize that they're male and female, then you really start to notice the differences. Also, our female is weird. She also has like black speckling on her head, and our male does not. He is solid white. It's just so that's how I was telling them apart. But now you see her I, head is much wider than but his. But now I've noticed a lot of Yeah, I don't know what that is, but that's a normal thing that it's like a it could possibly like I don't think it's another morph, but it's just a random like variation. Oh, I just figured maybe it was because she was female. I I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know yeah, if there yeah. was like if that was a way to tell. Yeah. No. yeah, yeah. But they're 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 interesting. <sighs> they're we're, fun. So again, they're in we, our we, kitchen. Well before we had them with like no light on them, we had a sponge filter and they were a small plastic container and they were on it. We just did water changes and fed them and, and, and they were what they are. But now that they're in the tank with the light and the filter, like they're way more fun to watch than yeah. I thought they were. They're in they're like awesome. a legitimate tank. With, yeah. Yeah. 
With uh, a, and it's a beta, so it's the low-powered filter. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. Jeff says vinegar worms are really easy to culture. We're going to be doing uh, brine shrimp, Jeff. So that's Jeff, that's what I was telling them earlier. Vinegar worms, uh, I haven't tried black worms with them, but vinegar worms, microworms, white worms, I tried all those things. And the success rate of the Spanish rib newts was significantly lower than when I fed them brine shrimp. I don't know why, um, but it just seemed, it seemed, and I've tried this on multiple occasions, it seems like brine shrimp have the most, or allowed the highest survival rate. Of the Maybe babies. it's a protein or some of the yeah. proteins in there. Something shrimp. that they have, some nutrition yeah. that they have that the others don't. I mean, don't I have. survive well on shrimp, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, uh, do you feed a pelleted food to your adults? As adults, yes, but but uh, like I don't start till they're like two to three months old. What kind of pellet food are you feeding? Uh, I can send you pictures. There's multiple. Uh, they're axolotl diets. Gotcha. Okay. Axolotl diets. Uh, there is a new diet from Zoomed, uh, but that you can really only feed from like month four to like seven, eight because they're very small pellets. Gotcha. Um, so as adults, they kind of just ignore them. Like they look for them. You can see them, smell them in the water, and get excited but they don't seem to really find them as easily. Yeah, because right now all we're feeding are frozen bloodworm cubes or f- what's the other one? Well, until as Jeff said, Daphnia. Me, Maybe Daphnia. It may be frozen yeah, Daphnia. Daphnia or yeah, brine shrimp or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's not brine yeah. shrimp. No, I think it's Daphnia, but they go crazy over those bloodworms. Oh, like yes, once, once it sinks to the bottom, the other day it sinks to the bottom, the female just grabbed the entire thing that and was just shook she it. she had laid all those eggs. She, she was hungry. Which is crazy. It's so crazy watching the way they eat. Like, I made sure to remove all the eggs first because, like, if I don't remove the eggs first, she's going to accidentally eat these damn eggs while trying to eat blood worms just because she's so special. But you could tell she was hungry. After she laid the eggs, like, she's just looking around for food but does not touch the eggs. And it's funny. We didn't have anything for her to stick the eggs to originally. So, so they the were male, all over the male. The male was covered in eggs at one point. That was uh, it. Like, we didn't even have anything in the tank with them. Like, we were going to go buy some small plants because we did not expect them to have eggs. And then, uh, yeah, the male was just covered in and sticky eggs. And then once we put plants on there, I guess he like rubbed against the plants and got them off him. But yeah, yeah he, uh, Ugh, it's been crazy. So. It's definitely been an adventure. I can say that, that uh, my life is the eggs hatched 10 days after they're laid. So we should have Wednesday or Tuesday of next week, depending should- on water temperature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it may take like 12, 13 days. I'm okay with that. That means we'll yeah, have the yeah. brine shrimp up and going. But that is another yeah, thing yeah, yeah. where I think these are better. Like I said before, I think they're better than axolotls. I think they deal with temperature differences in water much better, better than axolotls do. Me too. Um, so that's that's why I think if, if anybody wants to get into a newt of some sort, they want something that's fun, then go with them. They come in their natural brown color and they come in the leucistic color and they are they're fun to watch. They're very active. They're fun to feed even though they look a little special. Do you keep any uh, substrate in with yours? I have mine on sand. On sand? Oh, yes. we, we looked at that. We thought actually, I have um, two inches of soil. So for for aquarium keepers, I believe it's called the uh, Vanderstadt method or something like that. Uh, uh, so I keep two inches of soil, and then it's capped with like two or three inches of sand, and then the plants are planted all the way into the soil, so they can get the nutrition of the soil. But they uh, but the newts can't access the soil; they can only get to the, they can only dig around in the sand. Gotcha. Because everything we've seen as far as they like. No gravel because, and I've watched them eat. Yeah, they would definitely yes. swallow pieces of gravel. They're not. Yes. yes. 
If it's if it's in front of their mouth, they're gonna bite it and well, try to eat it. The guy that I got them from was like, Katie, do not put anything on the bottom of their tank. They will choke and they will die. And I was like, okay, I won't. Like, yeah, he they're knew. not very smart. He they're not very smart. How to scare me? And yeah, it worked. yeah. It's definitely, <laughs> not very smart. It's definitely one of those animals you're like, this can't be how they survive in the wild. Like, there's got to be just a smart population in the wild, and we got special ones in captivity. Something. Jeff exa- got exactly what I'm saying. The Wallstad method, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, they're, they're, they are very, they, they will chew and swallow almost everything. Um, even like if you put a piece of food in that's too big for them and you're like, can you please like either chew it or don't, don't eat it? Like, please. Um, but yeah, sand, sand, I've never had a problem with. You can even see if they grab a piece of food and they do get some mouth, sand in their mouth as they're chewing the food, you can see the sand kind oh, of wow. fall out yeah sense. so you yeah I, I think you'd be okay doing sand and if yeah. and if they're and if they're healthy any little sand that gets in there will pass through that's that's everybody always freaks out about impaction in reptiles but i'm like uh, yeah yes. if your animal is yes. healthy and hydrated and everything absolutely it's going absolutely. to the back they pass it's that through it's absolutely yeah. yes I, 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 this is a very controversial topic as well but if your animal is getting impacted from sound there was something wrong with the animal yeah i agree originally yeah i agree with that <laughs> definitely yes yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah. other cool thing i think and i think we may end up doing it at some point is with these guys i've seen a lot of people put like guppies and stuff in the tanks with them as well I have red cherry shrimp in with them, yeah. and I, the well, only reason I haven't shrimp, put the shrimp, yeah, yeah, the only reason I haven't put guppies in with them is because the guppies would be eating the shrimp babies, and I want the shrimp to ah. like they're breeding and they're spreading now. And I put five in; I have over fifty in there. So, uh, yeah, wow. like they absolutely do well with with other species, and uh, I think they they're just not agile or fast enough to, to like they, you can definitely see them try to catch the shrimp. But the shrimp are already out of there before they even. <laughs> so it's yeah, they're they're a perfect species to put other animals I, in with as well. If we do guppies, we're only doing males. I'm down for that because they're the only ones I like. We're not getting female <laughs> guppies. I'm not breeding guppy babies. And, I would love nothing more than a tank of just male guppies to look at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff said cherry shrimp, shrimp are the ice balls. Yes. <laughs> nice. We may have to get some of those too. Yeah, that sounds. Our cool. fish store has some. All right, so let's get get out of here. It's almost two hours. Uh, Fadi, if people want to get a hold of you, talk to you, or if they listen, want to listen to your podcast, what are the ways they can do all that? Yeah, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. This was a no, lot thanks of fun. for coming. I, on. Great. I can't believe it's been two hours like that. I know. Like what? A, yeah, this has been so much fun. Um, to find me, uh, Daffy's Reptiles on basically every single platform: Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, TikTok, all the platforms. Daffy's Reptiles. I do have two YouTube channels, so Daffy's Reptiles is one of them. And then for the podcast, it's. Uh, I don't know if you see that. There we Daffy's go. Round table. Daffy's Roundtable. Yeah. So my podcast also is available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the streaming platforms. Reach out, guys. I love having conversations with people. I love talking reptiles. So um, yeah, check out the channels. Reach out to me. Give me a follow. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get a chance to like re-collaborate again, guys. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, and I meant to ask. I about- feel bad because I feel like we talked about Spanish rib nudes the whole time, and I'm sure that is not at all what you planned on having. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, was, I did want to find out how Spanish rib is. I, I mean, mean it's find it out. totally great. Uh, I meant to ask about uh, some of the podcasts. So, so I don't, since having a podcast, I found I don't listen to reptile podcasts. And it's oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was listening to a lot of them until I started my own. Yeah. So I started listening. Yeah, yeah. But I looked through all a lot of, I looked through all of your catalog to see who you've had on. And there's a lot of things people we've had on. You had the guys from uh, Herpticulture Podcast. So you had Justin and Brats awesome. over there. Yes. Um, you recently had uh, Mike on there, Mike Stefani. Mike's funny, yes. Mike yes. is amazing Love to talk that. to about monitors. 
what an amazing human being. Like, yes. I, I, One of the I nicest people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, uh, my, a friend of mine set up that the person that co-hosted the episode with me, uh, Greg from Beast Canopy Exotics, set that episode up and I had no idea. Like, I hadn't really interacted. I'm not a monitor guy, so I hadn't really interacted with him. But the second that episode was done, I was like, I need to have him on another 20s more yes. time. <laughs> what an amazing human being. You should go yeah. check out, uh, I think Kaufman's been there. A couple people have been to his house. You need to see yes. him set up in his basement. Yes. That yes, is, I did check out that video. Wow. It is insane for someone to have that in there. He's got a zoo in his basement. So, it's, it basically does. So for your YouTube, the videos, like the video that we watched, obviously would be, would you say that those are more kid-friendly than the podcast or is the podcast also, because we're not really a kid-friendly podcast. <laughs> I, I um, try to, I do try to keep everything as kid-friendly as possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the kind of the way I put it is like, I, 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 I try my best to like, Keep it kid-friendly. I don't even tell guests... my kids about our podcast. Like my students, <laughs> okay, my zoology club, they know nothing about it. They know nothing? It. Okay, nothing. yeah, yeah. I, 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 like I said, I keep it kid-friendly. If my guests don't want to, that's completely on them. Yeah. So, like, completely their decisions. So, the podcast, I'd say, is a little less kid-friendly. Um, but the YouTube channel, absolutely, fully kid-friendly. It's, we have a... We have a Google Classroom set up for our group, our club, and so okay, there's awesome. actually a topic of YouTube channel. So you should show them the video on the Spanish Rib News. I, well, that's I, we have a meeting on Monday, and that's what I'm going to do. Thank you very much. Please do. But I will. <laughs> but I'll, I'll add you since you're kid uh, for kid friendly YouTube. I'll add you to our thing. Sure. Yeah, I would yeah. love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, the majority of it is the way I'm trying to take that YouTube channel is tutorial reading guides like yeah setups, that's what that they like so yeah, yeah. absolutely there's a lot of possible. stuff on youtube that's not the best for them to watch so i try <laughs> to give the families like hey these are people that i know or people that i've met or people that i these are these are the good people you should watch so. thank you very much i appreciate <laughs> that thank you yeah, yeah. yes the, the new yeah. video like i said was helpful i was the first oh, one i pulled yeah. up and That's it was like awesome. they answered That's everything. So crazy. It made me realize <laughs> what a what a small world. What a male and female cloaca looks like. That, yeah. That's it. The reptile community is just so small. So we all got to kind of work together. It is. It is a hobby. Well, it's yeah. crazy how big we think it is until we really start to realize everyone kind of knows everyone. Like when you go to add someone as a friend on Facebook, and it's like you've got nine friends with this person you've never met. And like you never met. Shit! Yeah. How the hell? <laughs> we all know each other already. Yeah. The, the, it's like you know how they, they say the six degree of separation yes. between yes. humans I feel like in the reptile hobby it's like two degrees yeah. <laughs> like, three maximum yeah. Yeah, exactly. yes. yeah 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 I um I, I, hey, I wanted to get to some of the some of your podcast topics because I haven't listened to them and I wanted like I know you had some people talking about greenhouses and I've yes. talked the last couple episodes about how I think it would be so cool to set up like a, a rainforest in a greenhouse and just be able Such to walk cool in yeah. and do that but so we'll, we'll have to have you back on and talk about some absolutely, of the stuff. Absolutely. I would love to come back on whenever yeah. you guys are. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, be sure to check out VivTech. Code Gumbo22. Uh, if you need to reach out to us. Don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, Herp Shows. Go to the Herp Shows. Lil's Shop of Horrors. Lil's Shop of Horrors. Uh, <laughs> Fuddy, wait around a second while we log out. Everybody else, we will see you. Next week, I have a guest. I'm, I'm Bye. sure. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. Good night.